Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Sodcast number 23, brought to you courtesy of Jocko Willing Productions. We thank Jocko, and today uh, we've taken our studio uh, to um, Utah. We're in Utah today. Heber, that's right, Heber City, Utah, to the headquarters of of, um, Mike Glover. And we thank Mike for letting us use his studio today for what uh, I feel is one of our major Sodcasts. And I wanted to start with a little uh, section from On the Ground. In this case, was it was June 1968. A recon team had been inserted into Oscar 8, our most notorious deadly of targets in uh, I-Corps for SOG at that time. In Watkins' utter amazement, the next vehicle was a massive bulldozer, its blade up in the air an NVA soldier signaling directions with a flashlight. Watkins was barely over the bulldozer when along came two Russian T-38 tanks, their gun barrels facing aft, their external fuel tanks mounted just as the manual said. It took more than three hours for the NVA parade to pass, and this is at night. As the last of us rumblings grew faint, Watkins came out of his daze and looked around. He immediately saw Rung, who was one of his indigenous team members, crawling towards him with a panicked look on his face. Watkins had been so mesmerized by all the traffic, he had forgotten about the young brew team members, Er and Rung. They were with him on the trail watch. When Rung reached him, he could barely talk. Not proficient in English, under the very best of circumstances, what he was now attempting to tell Watkins bordered on the incoherent. Watkins calmed him down as best as he could and made him start over. Rung said he'd been watching the road traffic just like Watkins and had been as taken with it as he was. While he was staring at all the vehicles passing by, a hand had reached out from the darkness, 
and given his arm a shake. A Montagnard soldier, one of the NBA from the North Vietnamese Army, the enemy, had pressed into unwilling service, said, it's your time for guard duty. Fortunately, Rung was too stunned to do anything, but nod his head and grunt a kind of acknowledgement. It was enough, however, and the NVA Montillard moved off into the brush. Rung was badly rattled, and the definite opinion that the three of them ought to abandon Highway 92, which they had been observing for the last three hours, and to the rest of the team as fast as possible. Watkins agreed. He returned to his team. So today, it is my pleasure to introduce Pat Watkins, the man who was there, one of our historic SOG moments in time. Pat, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Still Glad to see you sober. <laughs> Indeed. Well, it's early. We, we did this early in the morning for no, a change. Indeed. I didn't know that was an opportunity for you. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome. And um, that... On that day, that mission, that's indeed, uh, of all the stories that we've written about and heard about for SOG over the years, that's got to be up there near the top five. You're on the watch, and um, the NVA touches your teammate. You're so close to the enemy in that major target. In a trail watch, after watching three hours of troops come by, and it's like, your turn for guard duty. Uh, so, first, just let us have a little reaction as the team leader on RT, at that time, ST Lion, correct? RT Lion. RT Lion. Yeah. And it was you, Pat, um, your Pat. <laughs> we had little <laughs> Lou DeSetta. Lou DeSetta. And the third member was, was George Godwin. Was George, right. thank you. Yeah. And you had about three in Didge or five in Didge? No, I had seven. Seven? Okay. So, your reaction, I, I'm sure that day and that night, Remains vivid in your memory. I sir. was just thankful he didn't shoot him. That would have been the end of it all. Oh yeah, you know, compromised us. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those uh, people want me to take a lie detector test. It's really, <laughs> really, really true. But it was it was really true, and it uh, it was not only was it an eye opener, uh, the whole mission itself, uh, as as you know, Oscar Eight was. A notorious target. Uh, uh, Billy Wall was flying Covey one time when three helicopters were shot down in that. And that was nineteen sixty-seven. In nineteen sixty-seven, and I think I was the first team to go back since then. It was right on the road system, and I kept telling. Uh, I'd went out on a VR uh, in a, one of those uh, U10s. Right. That, uh, you know, Chinese flew for us on a VR. And I made halfway out there, and we started taking 37 mic mic. This is 68. 68. Yeah. Sure. You know, we're under siege at Quezon. Yes. And, of course, we're we're getting on H-34s and going into Laos, and the Marines are all looking at us like, are they going on R&R? Where are these guys <laughs> going? You know? Well, uh, th- we should do a little background on that, because at the time, in <laughs> June of 1968, there were six FOBs. <laughs> that were related to SOG during the Secret War. And Quezon, FOB3, was opening for business. And and we're, not me, but you, and other guys like Detroit uh, were running missions out of there. And at the time, the national headlines were the NVA siege. Went on for 77 days at Quezon. And the little told story was uh, FOB3, Special Forces there, 
and we'll follow up with a, one of my favorite sidebar stories that you had while you're there. But I uh, just want to set the stage. Oh, the hand grenade. <laughs> <laughs> the hand grenade and the ambush that you walked through, but yeah. they didn't trigger it. But we'll come back to that okay. because first we got to deal with this story. <laughs> and um, so the trail was 92, and was there two, one or two other trails that was near yeah, that intersection? And the yeah, reason why, first we're in i near the DMZ and near to Laos. Right. And that's a major junction for NVA traffic heading south, as you witnessed firsthand. Right. That's where they broke off to go into the ash show. Right. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, one of the. It, it was a, you know, we always give these highway names to these dirt trails that, you know, <laughs> as you know, that ran through Laos in North Vietnam. But it was a, uh, it was like a junction. There was 922 there. And Trump Park, uh, the city that was right on, which was a Laotian city, was right on. And it was, it was kind of funny. It was not a, you couldn't, they couldn't bomb that city because there was Laotians in there. Really? Yeah, and it's when then you know in '72 when I was over there again. They On had, your third tour of duty. Yeah, well, I had you know tour of duty. <laughs> Some of them was interrupted by other crap. I had 27 months in total. In, total. And you know these guys today, hell, they they do more than that. On first list. Oh, I know they multiple tours. Yeah, these guys are unbelievable. But anyhow, to make a long story short, that. Uh, this whole operation, when I went out there on the VR and came back, of course, I didn't get to pick an LZ, but we've all ran through that. Right. That uh, we're at the mercy of the cover to put us in or just the helicopters getting shot at and said, I'm going to get these guys off this damn bird before I don't get shot at anymore. <laughs> <coughs> so anyhow, I came back, and I, I told Lou and Georgia, you know, of course, they were concerned about the target we were running. And I said, don't worry about it. I says, well, God, I got shot out at 10,000 feet. We'll never get on the ground, so don't worry about it. <laughs> and <I'll> never, <laughs> Little did you realize. Yeah, when I got on the ground, the first thing Lou did was grab me and said, you said we weren't going to come here. <laughs> well, and then uh, getting back to the serious side of that mission, right after you're inserted, what happened to the slick? That inserted you all. You got shot down. Yeah. Welcome to the secret war. And then they said, stay where you're at. We're going to come in and pick you up. you got to go in and get the crew out of the helicopter. <laughs> got shot down. And I kept saying, well, isn't that a danger zone there? Since they shot the damn helicopter down there. But when we were coming into the, you know, typical, you know, I'm standing out on the slick. You right. Know, the, getting ready. In the, and Lou's got a hold of my LB where I don't fall out and become free fall qualified. And, <laughs> and I looked up, and there's green tracers coming at us on all side. And I says, shit, they ain't going to abort this thing? What the hell's going on here? Yeah. And then they let us off in a bomb crater. Wow. And, you know, and they had all that water in the bottom. You know, sure. Did and uh, one of my yards down there thought he was on the Olympic swimming team trying to get out of the water <laughs> Because it was muddy, he slid into the water. Oh no! I I think they actually. Well, of course, they didn't know we got in. Right. Or they they'd come and killed us. I mean, shit. What am I gonna have? I didn't know if my yards were gonna, you know, take off their shit and blend into hunter gatherers again. You know. Yeah, because how long had you been on RT line at that point? I've been there 
uh, me and Schaff and Darren got there in first of April, and uh, you know as I told you before, you know we are still, you know we're still taking artillery and sh- stuff all day, and the Marines are just uh, getting on. Yeah, every time yeah. a damn resupply team came in, everybody run for the bunkers and stuff because they'd open up from Coal Rock across the border shooting one right. one five twos at us. And so just for the record, uh, you also came in country November of 67 or December of 67? I, I came in November. November. And then your your first duty station with SOG was at Da Nang FOB4. Yeah, we were the original 10s. We opened up that camp. Was that right? Yeah. Uh, Bill Rosa ran, sure. ran the first mission when your Camo guys that taught you when you went through and, yep. and the whole team got wiped out. That was good for our morale, the first mission run out of there. And we, we were a contune. Well, again, for the record, we're talking about Sergeant First Class uh, uh, Paul, Paul Villarosa. And we, what, what you're referring to is when, during 1967, myself, Johnny McIntyre, Tony Harrell, Rick Estes, and the guys, we had gone through combo training, got recycled. And Paul worked with us that night and on yeah, weekends, came in, and he had three man. previous tours of duty with Special Forces in Vietnam. He also had a tattoo across his neck that said, cut, cut here. Line. Yeah, cut along the line. Yeah. Yes, cut along the and line. Then he had two bluebirds. And that was the day before we didn't have, you know, it wasn't like today everybody's got, you know. Right, Samoa, back then you couldn't wear Samoa and stuff. No. You we could. were told we couldn't have tattoos. Well, in the Marine Corps, when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, uh, you know, an officer couldn't have a tattoo uh, below the elbow because it would show up in these TWs. Couldn't you know, have that. And couldn't have that. And Not right, at all. And the Marines, you know, it had the devil dog deal. But just to give our, our viewers a sense of what the enemy was, communists, the North Vietnamese Army, uh, you opened up the camp in December. The first mission now is like January 1st or 2nd of 1968. Paul Villa Rose is the one zero of the team. They go in, they get, make heavy enemy contact. Yeah, they were they were cack. That's when we had these cack pads. You know, it, in other words, they had sure uh, for code code names, right? And you like enemy inside would be orange one or something right. like that. And they they told us we had the cack message. Well, that sh- that crap on, on Fox Mike. Yeah, Fox Mike on FM radio. Yeah, that was like, our old PC twenty fives. Yes, our line of sight radios that once everybody left, there was nobody to talk to. And sometimes they worked. <laughs> Sometimes, if the battery hadn't run out in two, well, and, two hours. And here, too, I just that moment in time before we get back to Oscar 8 was they almost everybody on the team was killed except for one American yeah. who was left alive. They left him. And then they came back with a flamethrower and literally torched Villa Rose's body. Yeah, they torched him all. They And that was psychological warfare. So that one remaining soldier would get extracted, come back. And then tell what happened. But they didn't let him come back. Yeah, they took him right to Saigon, yeah, right? Never, we never saw him again. Yeah. They also, so that's a, welcome to this dirty side of the Secret War, 1968. Yeah, it was it, it was crazy too because uh, we our training uh, they sent us to Cam Duck. They called it One Zero School. Dick, again, that was the initial Dick, training for yeah, Sog then. Yeah, Dick Metals was running it up there and. Uh, I don't know if you know Larry Manus, Captain Manus. I've only known of Larry. <laughs> he was <laughs> he's he preceded was, by his notoriety. Yeah, and Larry was <laughs> one of the guys, and we we're out there doing, you know, drills on the airstrip because he couldn't get off, off because you know when the camp got overrun in in May, you know, they yeah, get shot down all the 
planes and killed a bunch of guys. This is, again, Cam Duck. Cam Duck. And, it was a, and there's an excellent book out on that siege, which is called Bait. Yeah. You know, I tell you, they called me up and wanted to know. I said, no, I was a case. I went to sing with our siege. Whoa. We had our own siege. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so let's get back to Oscar 8. Yeah. So um, after Rung alerts you, you return to the team. The team gets together, and you moved on. Yeah, I had and, to take the point because nobody would move. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, well, you know, these yards were. So just for the record, <laughs> Pat, I never ran point. Because my little people were better than I well, was. Yeah, and for but, you to run point, but you that's ran big kahunis. You ran on a team that had been trained. These guys were, you know, were out of breech cloths and crossbows when I got there. I tell you, know, no, yeah. the hand grenades. Sure. And hell, we're out there under siege, and Marines are getting killed all around us, and we're trying to do immediate action drills in the combat. And train. In the and train. It was so nice. is it here you want to tell us about the hand grenade story? Because yeah. one more little sidebar yeah, yeah. before we get back to Oscar because <laughs> we got to cover that we got a couple grenade. days. No. We do. we got time. Time's on our side, brother. Yeah, I got I got in there. I came from FOB4, and I was a 1-0 of, of ST moccasin, and, and I'd had nine missions under my belt across the fence already. Wow. And so anyhow, I got I, I, I con Tim to go with me. We had yeah, Tim Sar- Sergeant Tinshoff. Yeah. It, it, we'd ran Hotel 9 together, me and Tim were friends. And we'll come back to Hotel 9 later. Yeah. For sure. we we got to talk yeah, about that one. Another bad one. <laughs> but anyhow, we— we got up there, and, it, and, you know, you hear these stories about Quezon and oh, what's yeah. going on there and everything. It's like uh, I had friends up there that, uh, you know, they disappeared, too, just like everything else, shot the helicopters and all this crap going on. Then the Long Bay deal uh, right. where George uh, <coughs> George took, uh, you know, uh, Cuomo took, yeah. went in and saved those guys that— yeah, they had a relief uh, force that went in to Langvey after they'd been under siege all night. And uh, at the time, Lieutenant Paul Longreer was there, and he was one of the survivors from that night, and he lost several of our good men there. Yeah, and, one of uh, my best friends, is, they never recovered his body till right. years later. He was on an outpost. They had a mic, they had their, uh, the, the C-1 mic force was in there, uh, they came in to, to reinforce the camp. Right. Of course, they were in the same situation we were at FO before. They had no wire. You know, the CBs had come in and built that bunker for them. They built the bunker at Quezon for us, too. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I never went in that bunker. That was officer's country, so. <laughs> 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 they didn't want us animals in there. So there you are with the hand grenade training at Quezon. Yeah, I come, and I, the first thing I did, I, I come in there, Mike Bingo was the one one he had taken over the team, and Mike had been had a tour in an A team before. He was on his second tour, and I knew Mike. Sure. He was a you know, little wop from New York. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, could he, God, he could do it. It was a mountain climber. He'd sit there and do pull-ups all day. And I, I said, like, ain't you got anything better to do? <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I says, we got to see what the range of training these guys have been through because we're SF. We don't know, we're advisors. Right. We're here to uh, to get you guys ready for a combat. So I, I, I had said, well, let's let's get to the two things first is your rifles you know 
has been cited. And I give up on that. Just lay, you know, look down the barrel and pull the trigger deal. You know, <laughs> when I start talking about elevation relief, they'll looked at me like I was um, I was out from out of space and just landed on the UFO. <laughs> so I says, well, the next step is see what your grenade throwing capabilities are. So took some M26 hand grenades and unscrewed the fuse and stuff and took it out and brought them all over and put them in a in a skirmish line and okay each of them had a hand grenade okay ready throw them and the record was four foot oh. <laughs> <laughs> and i forgot it was that long yeah yeah oh my God. then I, I it hit me well you know americans we brought up throwing hand ball, baseballs and footballs and, yeah you know, transition of throwing a hand grenade, wasn't that? We all thought we were Roger Stallback, you know. Indeed. So, and then these guys are hunter gatherers, you know. The only thing they ever threw in their life is their kids, you know. Yeah. And, and it was like, ah, no hand grenades for these guys. They can carry more ammo. Yeah, but again, that's a, a, another classic example of, of special forces learning what the little people can do yeah. and what they can't do. Capabilities. Capabilities, indeed. So, uh, getting back to Oscar Eight, sir. Hmm. On that day, you get back to the team. Now you're running point because uh, you hadn't had any of the indigs trained up well enough. You're confident, particularly well, uh, where you're there in that situation. Well, another thing too is, uh, you know, leadership in the jungle, as you know, is uh, is sought. It's looked at. When you're a one zero on a team, you're the guy. You know, right. You're. You can't expect anybody else to do not to do what you do, and they look at you. You know, sure. you're the big Kahuna. You know, you're the guy that's has done this and been there. And there was hardly any cover there. You know, we were going from one bomb crater to the other. You know, all these B-52 strikes on the on the trail, which had been there previous. Oh yeah, they yeah. oh they bombed. They were bombing that night. I was there down the road. Oh, God, is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah, they bombed no the trail every night, man. Sure. And they had a specter come over sh- shooting up the goddamn trail, too, with 105s on her. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, see one through specter. Yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, we're, you know, I says, you know, we got to get out of this damn place, man. This is this is hazard to my health, you know. <laughs> yeah. I promised my wife, uh, I knew I didn't have enough insurance on me, you know, to, right. to perish in Southeast Asia. <laughs> so, I... I got to this other bomb crater, and and my er my tail gunner come running back, and he says, "VC, VC, VC," you know, and I says, "Where?" And he pointed, and there's three of them coming right behind us, you know. And I said, "Don't shoot them." Oh no. Well, that worked, you know. <laughs> Full automatic. Yeah, about 30 people opened up on these poor dudes. Because the reason why you said no was didn't, they didn't know exactly where you they were. They didn't see us. Right, and you wanted to we keep were in a bomb low, crater. Right, you wanted to keep the low profile. Well, I was wanting to get out of that damn place, Alive, man. Yeah. yeah, I was wanting yeah. helicopters to come back in. And I know how helicopters are. They're getting shot at. They don't really want to come in. So... Finally, I get, I, you know, of course, musicians give away and everything else. We're in this bomb crater, and, and, and Lou says, what are we going to do? And I said, we're going to stay right in this damn bomb crater. We're not going anywhere. I said, we got some cover and concealment in here. 
put out the claymores. So, you know, yeah. the whole deal put out the claymores out in front of us. And all of a sudden, I, you know, I heard these guys are reconning by fire, trying to get find right. out where we're at. And when they recon by fire, they move shooting into the jungle, yeah, into the elephant grass. Yeah. yeah. Part of it is to get you to fire back at them. That way they know where you're at. Right. Another thing is they're paranoid as we are, <laughs> you know. <laughs> They're shooting anything that moves, birds, <laughs> leeches. Monkeys. You know, monkeys, yeah. It's <laughs> it's like they don't want to die in Southeast Asia either, you know. Yeah. So we're in this, damn it, I, I, I had Godwin get a hold of uh, Covey, Covey yeah. uh, who was on station putting another team in to the ash out. And it was uh, Greg, it was Hartness. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Covey, Covey 265. Yeah, the Air Force uh, captain flying a No. Two at that time. Yeah, he was a. Uh, and Covey was our was the uh, a fact a Ford Air Controller. Yeah, but oh, we called him Covey. That was a code name. Code name, yes yeah, sir. I, I, and he was one of our best Covey pilots yeah, ever in history. Outstanding. outstanding. Yeah. I flew with uh, me and and uh, Spider flew with him. Awesome. He he supported Prairie Fire missions. Yeah, that was his deal. He didn't do anything. He'd been an F four pilot on his first tour there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I forgot. He, he was a Texas a and Maggie. I, <laughs> I used to give him shit about that. Well, I remember time. he came to the club. He's one of the team. He oh, just, yeah. He yeah, blended yeah, right yeah, in yeah. with us. Oh, yeah. Great, yeah. great, great guy. You couldn't surprise him. He was an Air Force officer. It's just so humble oh, yeah, down there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not one of them. Well, we took him to Way City with us. And <laughs> me and Spider did. <laughs> but anyhow, we, uh, uh, I got him to come come to us. And he says, yeah. well, he says, well, just I got him on, on an ERC. Okay, sure. Or 10, that's our emergency yeah. frequency yeah. radio, yeah, or the ultra high. Yeah, VHF. Right. Yeah, and UHF. Uh, I got him on a guard freak. I went up on guard. Sure. And told him, you know, who, who are you? And I says, this is a prayer for our emergency. And he says, I'll be there. I as said, he always did. As he always did. And anyhow, they, I see him start circling above me, and he asked me, you know, where you at? And I said, I'll give you a shiny. So I Which is our mirror. Our mirror, yeah. And, so, and they yeah. picked you up exactly where you were in their bomb crater then. Yeah, he saw, well, we had no cover and concealing. You know, and that place yeah. looked like, you know, it looked like World War One in the <laughs> trenches. Where yeah. Everything bombed out and everything. So he saw us and he says, okay, he says, uh, I'll get the, I'll get the uh, gunships out here. And I says, uh, Ooh, and he says, Scarface, you know, get Scarface out here. Yeah. Which were the Marine gunships yes. from Quezon. And they also flew out of Fubai. And those guys are really good. Absolutely. And uh, and I said, I told him, I said, well, tell him I'm a former Marine, so get out here real fast. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so. And Scarface had been attached as a couple other Marine units. Their aviation was attached to SOG throughout the eight-year secret war. Yeah, them, them and the, uh, the Cobras out of uh, Fubai. Right. They flew for us, too. Absolutely. They were and, great. Yeah. And, and, you know, Marine Corps aviation gets a lot of shit because they didn't have the fancy stuff. But those guys, you know, well, uh, outside, uh, of, outside of our boys of judge and execution. Yeah, they, those are 176. But those helicopters were early UEs. They were B models. The B model, where they could they barely had, get off the ground. They had fixed, fixed M60s on it. They didn't have. And the front, yeah. Yeah. And they I had know. a. They, they, we'd had that M5 system with the 40 mic bikes on right. it. And, 
I was telling a story about them coming over and looking at the Cobras, these young warrant officers from the CAV or yeah, yeah. for us, you know, 19-year-old warrant officer and the majors and stuff over there. Looking. Well, we had Lieutenant Colonel Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. Who was the OIC for that right. squad, for the one squadron we had working with us during 68. Yeah. And yeah. They, we got those UEs shot up many times. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad thing about them. If they lost a bird, they were grounded. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so that we can move on, during the day, you're in contact on and off throughout the day. Your ammo's running low. Well, what happened? No. On this, on this situation was we, we never made contact until we saw these guys. You know, I was in snooping poop maze. Yeah. You know, uh, basically because when they shot the helicopter down, I think they thought we didn't get in. Because it was one of those, you know, punching in, punching out, and sure. going. And what happened was, you know, we ran into a 37 Mike Mike position. Well, well I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, threw some hand grenades in there, and just they were sitting around eating. You rice. neutralized it. Yeah, they were eating rice, and we added to give them some. Give added, them a little lead. You can give them a some little shrapnel. additive for it. <laughs> and that shit, all that stuff started blowing up, and that really gave our position away, you know, and that crap. So, so what I like to do is. You played the cat and mouse game then for several hours. It goes through the day, and then um, uh, Art, uh, getting back to on the ground again, when, while R.T. Lyon fended off attacks, Covey directed airstrike after airstrike at the NVA troops, the storage area, the anti-aircraft guns, and anything else he could draw a bead on. Throughout the day, primary and secondary explosions followed one after another as the strikes found their mark. Whatever the team's fate might turn out to be, the NVA were paying a hellacious price for messing with it. Yeah, we had a uh, we had all kinds of attack, as you know, you know, mm-hmm. for, for our emergency. Sure, those pilots love to have live targets. You know, they're not killing leeches. You know, they're right. killing actual stuff. And we started with you know some F fours. Marines even joined in, brought their planes in, <laughs> and. Uh, then a couple, uh, a couple hobos showed up. A couple A one E's right showed up, and one of them got all shot up. Is that right? Yeah, he uh, he was going to bail out and join us, and I said, "This isn't the place you want to be." So he decided to try to make it back to Da Nang. So yeah, it was, uh, and it, it, then we, you know, then they started this shit. They're going to kill us, you know, but. Then they also had in mind, as you know, we were good bait. Yes. And they loved to shoot helicopters and stuff down, you know. Sure. Yeah. So I had the feeling they could overrun us any time they wanted. Wow. And uh, So this goes on for the whole day. Yeah, till the evening. It was sporadic. And then they started shooting mortars in on us. You can't catch a mortar. You can't catch a mortar. No. And two of my people got wounded for shrapnel, and little people. Yeah. And it got, it got into a fear deal that, uh, you know, are we going to die here? Well, they brought in the uh, the cab to pick us up and get us out because they're the ones that put, put us Push in. Push in, yes, sir. Yeah. And they had they had their own gunships. Right. Them. And they got shot up to shit, man. They. One of their gunships uh, had to crash land, and they got the crew out. Door gunner was killed. Wow. And so it was kind of like, well, it's getting dark, and it's, 
dinner time, we got to go. Well, at that point, you got the good news that a king bee was in route. No, what happened was I was starting to panic. And, you yeah. know, we can't survive tonight here. Do no. we? They're going to kill us. So I was almost in a situation that we're going to take as many of them as we can. And, you know. Sure. And maybe they'll give me a bronze star with B <laughs> for dying. Maybe. Here. Maybe. And. And Greg says, "I got, I got one helicopter coming. Can you get everybody on it?" And I said, "I'll ride on the goddamn door handle if you <laughs> if you get it in here." And that's when the King Bee came in, and he had uh, Scarface with him. Right. So Scarface would make a gun run, uh, and then the King Bee, which was piloted by Captain On, yeah, which we learned years later was him, yeah, and he came in. And uh, had no uh, co-pilot, no co-pilot. Yeah, and which of course, and we he learned. was waving at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we had the King Bee pilots that we knew each other because from being oh, yeah. at the different I knew him from, I knew him from uh, Cam Duck. He used to come in and support us up at Cam Duck. Well, now you were doing some training then too, so that would be part of the routine when you're yeah. at Cam Duck. If you weren't running missions, you're doing training. training. Yeah, we absolutely. Used to, we used to do the McGuire rig crap, there, you know, before they got stables. Day one A strap, <laughs> fit under your butt, and snap it with a snap link. But anyhow, yeah, he he came in and the goddamn Marines were just shooting up the damn place. Yeah, saved our butts really. And uh, I'll never forget that we, he landed that helicopter and he had door gunner had those old A six thirty uh, calibers. Thirty calibers, yeah. yeah. 30, and it kept jamming on them and he Oh, started. no. Yeah. And I was afraid he was going to shoot us getting on the goddamn bird, you know. The barrel of that thing was swinging all over the place. And he, was, <laughs> he was cranking that, that damn thing. So I got I got everybody. You know, we always had that deal when you got ready to leave, you pop smoke. Yeah. You know, that way they know you got everybody on it. And I'm, I'm sitting in there and I get... Hear the goddamn bullets hitting the plane coming through, the, you know, lights coming through the plane because they're shooting, it's shooting the helicopter up. And I looked, I looked up there, and and Ons up there, and he looks down at me and he goes, I guess I want to God. Oh, that's so cool. And he says, well, and also you guys were in in the uh, still in the bomb crate at that point. Yeah, we blew you the claymores. You blew all your claymores. Yeah, they charged us, and then we blew the claymores, and. You know, I don't. You know, you heard screams and stuff. I sure wasn't out there making body count. You know. Oh yeah. Of course, they always ask you to. How many did you kill? Yeah. Uh, Baker's does. We're a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcastic Watkins. Well, know. let me just get back to the book for a second because this is that one of those classic scenes where the whole scene bordered on surrealistic. What with the LZ lit by flickering brush fire, the sounds of gunfire and explosions, the smell of cordite and burned human flesh, and this improbable savior hovering above, which was the H-34 King Bee yeah. piloted by Captain Ahn. Yeah, I'd been fertilizer in Southeast Asia. It hadn't been for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and This was last light. I mean, there were nobody else coming. Yeah. And there was at one point, you're in the bomb crater, and... Um, when the King Bee touched down, a later, well, no, I'm sorry, let me get back to one more spot here. Because you were literally in a bomb crater, and he brought the King Bee 
into the bomb crater. Oh, yeah, right in the bomb crater. And then he was able to get close to the ledge or the edge of that crater. You could get your people into the King Bee. Nobody wanted to get up on that ledge because we didn't come So it was enemy fire. Yeah, we were throwing these little people in it, me and, me and Lou. And yeah, Lou, yeah. And Lou kept looking at me, when's my turn, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, and so it's like the King Bee, it's settled into a stationary hover. Its front wheels placed delicately inside the crater, and there it sat. An unbelievable vision, a heroic portrait of an old warrior taking a pounding but refusing to falter. Yeah, those those old Sikorskis would take some hits. They couldn't. Had been a Huey, had been shot down. Oh yeah, and there, I mean, it's, it's like it feels like a mother hen hovering yeah. over a nest, but yeah, you guys it, jump on. It's it, it seemed like now this is my way out of this goddamn place. And, and the don't drama, screw it up. and then. Could you tell that the drama didn't end? You're all in a helicopter. He lifts off, and as you're leaving, he had to jute to get around anti-aircraft, anti-ACAC. Yeah, we were also taking 12.7. Whoa, which is the equivalent yeah. of 50 caliber. They moved it. I didn't realize that they moved it in on us. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they wanted to shoot helicopters down. Whoa. That's what is, and then I found out later, well, here, and I'll tell you later when I get back to, to FOB, Three, you know, typical debriefing, you know. Oh yeah, and uh, but tell and me. it was Jacks of all oh. people. So anyhow, we get on the, we get on the bird. Of course, where all of us have wet our pants and that crap. You know, they were, we're gonna die here, and <laughs> all the time, all the way back to Quezon, we're getting triple A fire and shit. Oh. It was just, it was like a World War Two movie, just puffs in the sky and. And stuff, and he's you know, Hans hit the top of trees were low level, and you know, trying to get out of the the area. And then the Scarface follows all the way back to Quezon, and then landed at Quezon. Of course, we we jump off the damn thing, and then, you know, every time they seen a bird come in, they start shooting, right? Rock. So we had artillery, you know, we're back home and we're getting shot at again. And so we all run for the, there was a, a trench line there. We ran for the trench line. And they come and got, they come and got me and allowed me to come into the dock, <laughs> to the God's country. You know, like, oh, my God. W- wipe your feet before you come in, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I get in there, and, and of course, they'd been monitoring all this stuff on the radio. They knew we were because well, we yeah, the the NVA had very good FM, RDF radio direction finding, oh, yeah. and they monitored it. Oh yeah, when I flew cover, did you get any jamming like Lynn Black had? No, no, no. I tell you the truth, we were on. Uh, we ended up being on our irks all the time because we're we started with, with you know with the deal with getting a hold of uh, uh, Harkness right on the on the Irk ten, and when we were, you know, I, everything we were doing, we were talking to our covey. You know, and he yeah. was he was running the show, you know, the aircraft, you know, support stuff. So we were talking on the Eric Ten with him, that PRC seventy seven and twenty five. Right. Uh, you know, it was un it, it was uh, not usable really because it was easier for him to t- talk on the guard freak, which they fly on all sure. the time on on that three uh, three four three point eight uh, freak UHF freak. Right. 
and uh, it was easier for him to talk on that than trying to go over to FM, which was the uh, which was the '77. So we basically were doing all this stuff with our works. Well, so at Kason, you and the teams would train, but occasionally you would leave the base to go fishing. No, I never did that. No? Well, your team left one time. Well, they used to do that hunter-gatherer crap. You know, they go out. <laughs> we're really mountain yards, and we live off the elements. Yeah. They all worked in that tea plantation, the French Well, there's one, there. the one the one time I'm thinking about, you're at Quezon, your team goes out, they hunt, they gather, and you come back. The they, next day, the Marine Corps went out and got hammered. Oh, that was, you know, that was, that's when we were out in that, uh, we started taking mortar fire from the old village, the old French villa. Right. Down there where the French plantation was. It had been and again, this is the Quezon village, which yeah. is not to be confused with the American Quezon base. No, no, no. This is the old, well, <clears throat> this is where the original Quezon A team was at. Right. Before they went to Long Bay. They yes. were in that area. Yes, sir. That's, you know, that's a. Again, part of that history of that time. Yeah. People, they've been there since, we'd had an A team there since 65. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Mar Marines think they were the first ones there. Uh, no, we, and even Ray Calfo spent some time at the Quezon Village when he was there with his uh, with his uh, Marical. Marical. Yeah, he was a Cam Duck too during. The, oh, is that right? Yeah, he was there during the siege with <laughs> Marical. But your your team went out. Did you get mortared while you're out? No. What happened was they came. They, I had to like, you know, here I am. I got the damn field phone in my bunker. Right. Because I was on the very end of the bunker line. Yeah. And if anybody, they want to talk to somebody, we had to go find them down the bunker line. People I didn't even know because, you know, there was not a lot of fraternization going on yeah. in that case. On, sure. Know? We lived in this little world of sea rations and rats. You know? But the, the point I want to get to would be your team went out and came back. The well, next day the Marines well, I, went it, out and got hammered. Well, and it, it, here's what happened. And they had a POW. That no shit. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> this is how it really happened. Yes. We They called me down to Bunker, and a team next to me, Percy Hudson, who was a friend of mine, we'd served with Fred on mm -hmm. in this sixth group together. And he was he was the seven, oh no, 77th guy. He'd been around a long time. He's starting first class. Okay, right. And anyhow, they called, and he was at FOB4 with me. They called me and him. The phone rings and says, you know, you and Hudson, come up here. Well, I knew it was, you know, they didn't want us to come up there to rearrange the deck chairs, you know. Right. And this is, you know, this is <laughs> a mission. So he <laughs> get up there. And people don't realize it. You, you know this crap. We'd run in country missions and we're like nothing, you know. Was, yeah. yeah. The war's being fought here. And it was like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can Compared walk. Back. To prairie yeah, fire. we can walk back to the camp. Don't the helicopter <laughs> shit. So anyhow, they they says, well, we're taking eighty-one millimeter mortars, and the Marines are from the village. Well, what else is new? We're taking fire all over the damn place, and they says, we need you guys to go down there and check it out. <laughs> and I, and there's not a tree in sight there, you know. There's no cover, and Highway Nine's running right there, so. Uh, Jax was the operations officer, and he says, uh, what's your plan? And I looked at him, and I said, to survive. And he said, oh, you goddamn wise-ass walking. 
Yes, well, I, that's accurate. Yeah, I said I, quali- I qualify. You know? <laughs> yeah, indeed. And in first place, he didn't want to piss me off, so because <laughs> I was running missions. So anyhow, I got back with Percy, and I says, "Okay," and we had to go out the front gate like it was. Yeah, oh, I mean, man. and walk down Highway Nine. I mean, the Marines got ambushed on this damn highway every day. You know, they go down there with, with you know, with those forty-eight tanks, lightweight tanks they had. And, Fucking Charlie had run out and hit him with RPGs, you know. So, <laughs> so, so you go down to you yeah, go down so to. I I split. I'm in charge, and yeah, right. it should have been Hudson. He kind of was senior than me, but I was the mission guy. So I I put him on one side of the road, and I'm on the other, and I just get us in a wedge, <clears> yeah, you know, yeah, a combat wedge. Mm-hmm. And I says, okay. I tell it, 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 this was with Bingo was there. I told Bingo, look it, if we take bar, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get our asses back in the face. <laughs> ASAP, if not sooner. And I said, do you have your running shoes on? <laughs> we're not going to get enough. Because the Marines go down to a company, man. And, and this, is, this is during the Quezon Sea. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Indeed. We're just, still taking. And keep... they're worried about a couple mortar rounds coming in because they right. were, it came close. To but the, I'd like to get back the to the moment where you finally go well, down what happened, to S3. What happened was yeah. we go down there and not one round farted. You know, yeah. We hit the village, and I says, okay, retrograde, you know. Sure. Yeah. Let's get back. You, you didn't know. find anything? Well, yeah. I didn't look that hard. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> it was, it was kind of like, looks okay to me. <laughs> so anyhow, we get back to the to the to the base. I to, and I go down there. Percy says, "Well, you go. I've already been." So I go down there and said, "Man, well, I couldn't find anything." So you're back in base. You yeah, go down so, to, to so the S three shop. So yeah. the next day, mm-hmm. right? The Marines had this road clearing operation. They used to go to the rock pile. Which was a marine outpost on right. the road, and hell, those guys are getting their asses shot at too. <clears throat> and they had a company of marines and had one of those Antos with the one hundred sixes mounted on it. Yeah, with uh, three one hundred sixes on each side. I mean, they fired all of them one time. Damn thing would turn over, <laughs> and <laughs> nobody wanted this damn thing. So the, and the army designed them to give it to the marines. You know? Oh no! Yeah. Okay. And, and they had an M forty eight tank. Right? right, and then they had two, two deuce and ass full of troops. Yeah, and they got hammered. Well, they went. They used the Anto as the point man, and they had the M forty eight tank behind it. And then these guys are in their trucks. Well, this is bad. Yeah, this is Indian country out there, you know. So we're up on the, watching them go down. I got pictures of this. I take I have my pin double E up there taking pictures. Oh no kidding! Yeah, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll send you the pictures. Anyhow, they start down the road and they get they clear our compound, and all of a sudden, man, shh, the world opened up. We're taking rounds into our compound. All of us guys are dumping. And into, the Marines are getting hammered out they there. They got they well they they come out with RPGs. They hit the tank. Of course, we didn't have reactive armor like they got right. today. They hit that damn tank and. Uh, <clears throat> it was smoking. It get, it was in you know. It came down the road, hundred miles an hour. I never knew a tank could go that fast backwards. <laughs> and they knocked the Antos out. They killed everybody. The two kids in the Anto. They killed wow. them. And then the Marines all got out and got into a world of crap with them. And there's battle going on. We're all down in our bunkers, you know. Got the yeah. flak jackets over our head, you know. 
and all this crap's coming in, and the tank stops right in front of my compound. They pulled this one kid out. He was all screwed up, all shot up from the shrapnel coming yeah. in from the RPG because those are, you know, those... They used, it, it's a shape charge. Yes. So it would, you know, it penetrate. Yeah, an RPG, a rocket-propelled grenade. Yeah, they got sevens now. It was, it was RPG twos in yeah. those days. But anyhow, that was their anti, that was their, you know, their law or whatever in the hell sure. we call it. And they were really good. I wish we'd had them. They were really good weapons. And they knocked the tank out, man. The only thing still running was the engine. They hit the turret, whereas the homogeneous steels, the lightest is, in the turret because right. it's condeft. And uh, then one of the deuce and a half come back and the driver was all shot up and his coal driver was dead. And, you know, all this crap's going on. And finally, it, you know, it ceased and all the guys came back and they had 27 wounded and 14 killed. Whoa. And it, uh, they, I get this call from the... Uh, talk for me to come to the talk yeah, me the and tactical operations center which was the nerve base for yeah there for was operations. that was officer's yes, country you know the old one deck as they say in the marine corps <laughs> anyhow <laughs> you know where they actually had food yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i go down there to, to the, and they got the you know we had this arvin ranger uh uh captain that was attached to us uh, you know you got to have a medium right sure and he and he was a good guy uh, he he was there and he saw me and he said come here you know they had this nba captain right had him in a, in a chair and the, the marines had captured him and we, you know They'd kill a bunch of NBA too. And sure, Marines ain't going to come back unless they. Kill You're surprised they had an officer alive. Well, what shocked me was, why in the hell am I here? You know. Yeah. I, you know, you got to be a me speaker's here. All I know is a fucking goddamn Didi Mau Mau, and uh, so anyhow, yeah, uh, it bar bars in uh, Lieutenant Colonel Roy Bar. Yeah, bars in there. Yeah, and, and he says. Pat, you got to hear this. And this guy looked up at me, this NBA, and he says, starts showing, and they're all laughing. The Vietnamese are all laughing. I said, what the fuck did I come in? Is this a comedy club? You know, yeah, what's, yeah. What's going on here? Well, what they they were in, in the ambush site, dug in, and we'd walk right through it. <laughs> they were all under, it was like the Japanese in World War II, you know. They oh, were yeah. All under traps. Yeah. Sure. You know, camouflaged up and. And uh, we skirted uh, the ambush site. They were on both sides of the road. And uh, Percy was on one side, and I was on the other one. Right. Right to him. And they, he said the only reason he didn't end it, they didn't want to kill a bunch of uh, three Americans in a bunch of mountain yards. They could do that any time. They, want. they, wanted, to kill, <laughs> they wanted to kill Marines. Whoa. Yeah, so that, would, that but was— that also is a reflection of the, of the enemy dedicated— no, oh, they and wanted they, to go for mass they, casualties. They had, and they ain't they they didn't panic. They stayed right in that position. Yeah, and you weren't even aware of them. They were that well, well camouflaged. Well, if I was aware of them, I made Jesse Owens look like a punk man. We've been <laughs> we've been going the other. We wasn't equipped to, to right. take. This was a in, a reinforced company. Sure. Yeah. So um, by June, your time at FOB three ends. 
you get transferred to FOB1 Fubai. That's where we meet for the first time. You come down there, and you came solo without a team or with the team? Well, what happened was Oscar 8, right? Right. They sent me, they landed a Blackbird at Quezon oh, during okay. the siege to get me out. To, to right, so you had to go down for the deep. Yeah, route. I had to go to to uh, Khaki Land in ah. Saigon and on on uh, Pasteur Street where the embassy was, where where House Ten is. Yeah, and Sog headquarters. Yeah, and of course I walk in there, hadn't had a bath and you know shower in three months. It was red <laughs> clay, but I looked like an American from the case on red looked, clay. Yeah, I looked yeah. like an American Indian coming in there, and I hadn't had a haircut, of course. I could have been one of the Beatles. But straight from the field, the you go to headquarters, and you had yeah. to brief them about what you saw. Well, they, they landed that Blackbird, <clears throat> where it has a Fulton recovery system on the front, yeah, yeah. Of, front of the crap. They landed, and they, of course, they, they just swung the thing around. And I was up there. At, the Marines had a uh, air control thing. Right. They, mm-hmm. they had a, what they call uh, uh, control Angl- tower. Anglical. The Marines right. called it Anglical. It was, they had their own, they did their own course they had their own aviation did their own right. traffic control so i was over there and they said the plane's coming in get ready so i got you know my rucksack and i just got out of the boomies i had had you know i was still trying to drink water and they you know they skirtle debriefed me at caisson and lou finished it up and i just they just told me you're going to saigon and and I said, well, I'm ready for R&R. That's what came to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyhow, the C-130 lands, and it's out in the strip. And, of course, they, the guys in Laos see that, and they start, Ooh. They open fire. Of course they do. Yeah. And I'm running down the airstrip trying to get on the tailgate of the right. C-130. And the loadmaster's back there, and he's going like this to me. Come on, come on. So I throw my rucksack on. And and I grabbed my rucksack, and the guy finally pulls me up. Just they were lifting off, man, and I was whoa. I was hanging. I forgot that t- part. I was hanging, <laughs> hyperventilating, and they dragged me back at aircraft. And this kid looked at me like I was somebody out of a science fiction movie, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of, I mean, but and and again, even when you're debriefing, you you ran into the same thing that the troll. George Sternberg and Mike Tucker ran into after they reported uh, seeing tank tracks, reporting it, and they actually saw a tank. Well, they started this. Uh, this before, before the siege I, I and land, before I, Lang Vey was hit. I land, I land at, uh, at Tonson. Right? right. And they got a Navy SEAL out there to pick me up, who's part of the detachment. There. Right. It's out there in a gray Jeep, so I knew it was Navy, right? So I come and he looks at me and he says, good God, Sarge, where are you from? <laughs> I said, it's classified, I can't tell you. And he kind of looked at me, well, I'm in the project, not my project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, he takes me to House 10, right? And well, we, not the headquarters? No. Oh. House 10. Guess this is a, That's our safe house in Saigon. Yeah, it's, just, right. it's in the evening. Sorry, guys, I'm going to uh, cut real quick. Um, yeah. 5505 till if I can, if we can move your chair just fate more facing uh towards pat sure whenever we toast this thing it gets uh static uh well it, it cuts out a little bit so if we can just um just kind of we don't even have to move it we just got to turn it turn it oh that light 
How's that? That's perfect. That way your shoulder's not hitting that thing. Yeah, I hit it. I've tried to avoid it, but no, no worries. It's just the way you receive it. It's hard not to. Well, you got all this time on TV. You're not. Look how well I'm doing this, and I'm a novice. Yeah, but you're the, you're the sergeant major. I'm just. No, a, but I, we've retrained you five times. You think you learned this by now? Yeah, I was going to since they cut. I was going to tell them. Uh, you know, they picked me up and they put me in. And Weasel Taylor was sergeant major there. I knew him. I was a seven. He's a typical asshole. <laughs> and I walk in with, you know, all my load-bearing equipment on. Yeah. Hang, hang, he's hanging on. All these kids are looking at me. Going, They've never seen him. Oh, no, no. This, this, this is one of those guys they write books about. So he, he, said, he, said they're looking, he said they're looking at me, and he says, Sergeant Watkins, and I say, yeah, Sergeant Major, we're going to get you in a clean uniform and take a shower and uh, you go over and get debriefed. And I said, no, I'm going to go just like I am, Sergeant Major. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and he says, don't you want to look professional? I says, I thought I did look professional. I said, I'm above the average of case. <laughs> he finally he looked at me like, this ain't going to work. So, uh, uh, Pat, you were, you were going to House 10. All right. That's so, but, but yeah, but so so anyway, you go to House Ten. That's our top secret uh, safe house in Saigon. <laughs> yes, and it's an upgrade from House Two Two. <laughs> indeed, in Da Nang, which yeah, we frequented a couple. They of times. had a, uh, they had a uh, 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 on their eating areas and stuff. They had, you know, the forks and knives and, sure. and lined up and had. Tablecloths, like a regular restaurant. Yeah, it was like I thought I was, you know, I was in San Francisco, yeah. <laughs> you know, and everybody's wearing khakis. And, you know. So when you're there, you're approached by a sergeant major who should remain nameless. Yeah, he says, base says, hey, Pat, get cleaned up before you go for your debriefing. And what was your response, Sarge? Well, you know, of course, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure I wasn't acceptable for, for you know, for good company. Indeed, uh, but. Uh, he says, "Well, we'll get you can take a shower and we'll get you in a clean uniform." And I says, "No, I'm going like this." And he looked at me. He said, "We can't go like this." And I said, I'm "Going like this." And he I, he looked at me. And I must have had that twenty thousand mile stare in my eye, like. Don't, and you still had your car fifteen. Don't, in your yeah, hands. don't fuck with this gun. Yeah, yeah, You know this. This is not smart. You know, he's <laughs> he, he's he's allowed to become a the serial killer of Gunning House Ten. But anyways, you wind up for your debriefing. I just like to, I don't want to spend too much time, but even there, when you first reported what you had seen and observed directly for over three hours, how was that received? Well, the big thing was I come <clears throat> in, I come in there and they, you've been in that debriefing room, and they got the situation maps right up on the wall, and it was like remember those light bright kits you used to have as a kid you used to stick to things. Oh yeah, in. yeah. They had these in the map up there. And I, you know, being an intel sergeant, I start looking at this thing. <laughs> and as I look up, uh, you know, the AO I just come out of, and they, you know, there's this light green. And I go down the index, and it said known truck park, another one, anti aircraft position. All this intel. Well, my target folder look, was sterile. Oh. No oh, kidding. Typ typ yeah, yeah. Typical crap. Sure. It's like they don't want you to know this stuff because you won't go there. You know, 
they want you to wander in there and bring airstrikes and that shit. <laughs> so I'm sitting there looking at it, and this light colonel's debriefed me. He says, uh, Sergeant Watkins, he says, I notice you're looking at the situation, ma'am. And I said, yeah, sure am, sir. He said, you know, that's all top secret. And I says, yeah, I figured that out. My target folder didn't have any. I said, he didn't know what to say. <laughs> you know, and just in Singlap, he walks in, you know. Oh, is that right? Then Colonel Jack's, Jack K. Singlap. Yeah, Singlap's there. And he's got Kavanaugh with him. He was changing over. Yeah, sure. I didn't. You know, I knew Singlap only by reputation. I'd seen him one time. Right. And... You know, I didn't know Kavanaugh. And just for the record for anybody or our listeners, John K. Singlob at the time was a colonel. He was in the OSS during World War yeah, II. Yeah, he was a Jeb. Jeb and then um, Jedburg teams. And he had jumped into France behind enemy lines in the Belgium, European theater. Belgium. And then he jumped into uh, China or Manchuria. Manchuria. He, he'd win it. Well, well the, World the, War II, this is OSS. Yeah, he flipped. He flipped. He went from he went from Europe to Southeast Asia, you know. Right. And he As was working with John Kai Shack. Yes, and then uh, during the Korean War, he was a spec ops there, the, the Jack program. Yeah. And then he made major general. Uh, Many years later. Yeah. On this he day, got, he was still. He a got colonel. relieved of command. That's a by, long story by, with him versus Carter. President Carter, because Jack Singlaub was yeah. truthful. Well, Jack wanted to tell him why the war really was. Yeah. <laughs> Because he'd been Navy, to war. And that Navy officer didn't want to hear it. Indeed. So uh, on that day, Jack is there and the part of the transition because he had been the officer in charge of SOG for over two years. Two years, yeah. And Colonel Kavanaugh was yeah, in the realize, process of transitioning. Did you know they had their families at Clark Air Base? Right. I yes, didn't sir. know that. I didn't thing. know it either. Not then. No. But we know it now. Yeah. Only know it now. So you're there for the debriefing. In walks uh, then Colonel John K. Singlob. Yeah. Nathan. Sit down there, you know, and call to attention. I looked around like, well, that draws fire. <laughs> so anyhow, you're they're going through this thing, and I, you know, they they started the tank deal. Of course, that's what really you know mechanized stuff, and that really excites them. You know, and oh yeah, it's, it's kind of of course there was with trolls the PT seventy sixes, the amphibious tanks that. Right. They brought in to Long Bay. That's what they saw, but you saw the T thirty fours? I saw T thirty fours. The old those are World War Two tanks. Oh, is that they, right? Oh yeah, they used the Russians used that in the Ukraine and stuff. You know, they, that was their main battle. Back in those days. Yeah, that was their the main yeah. main battle tank. Okay. Tell you the truth, they were better than than the Patton tanks we had because they had a bigger gun on it. Right. Because they you know, we had shit those kind of the <clears throat> the patent tanks that we had, we just produced them because we wanted a lot of them out there. Sherman there. tanks. Yeah, the Shermans. Yes, sir. And what happened was they, uh, you know, Germans went for quality, not quantity. Right. And so they. So returning to your SOG debriefing, you told them, and was there any other questions or was Well, there what happened was, you know, when I told them we laid up on the road, they'd look at me like maybe. How to give this guy a sobriety test right yeah. now? You know, type of <laughs> and I'll never forget. Single app says, uh, uh, "I heard you got some good intel." And I said, "Well, I, I think it's good, sir. I guess, yeah. You know, I, I think it's timely. You know, the old, that too. The, the old intel deal. It's yeah. timely, critical. In other words, you know, this should be passed on. 
shared to to Anderson Air Force Base and to <laughs> Kadena where those big planes go. You know, yeah, we're to refer to the B fifty two. Yeah, yeah. So he says uh, <laughs> that's already been done, Sergeant. Really? Yeah. So I knew it. Yeah. They were actually interested in something once that, that I had done. Yeah. And so anyhow, the debriefing went on, and they basically says, okay, you go back to House 10, and we'll feed you. So I went back there, and Don Carr was there. You know, uh, Captain Carr was, you know Carr. He said he was at law. He there was, was at, Dave Carr. Yeah. Well, Don, I knew a Dave Carr. But yeah. I didn't know Don. Well, Don. Oh, the one who was KIA? Yeah, KIA. Right, out of Thailand, out of, Flying out Covey. Of NKP. Yes, because he had been at CCS and then went to NKP. Uh, he'd been in the sixth group. He was good friends with Mike Taylor. Yeah. Him and, right. uh, yeah, they were at I'm NKP. Sorry, yeah. uh, they were at CCS together and then NKP. Right. Well, anyhow, Don was there. Oh, is that he, right? Yeah, he was trying to get inside, you know, or CNC. Sure. You know, and I knew him in the sixth group when he was a lieutenant. And he's a good guy, you know, oh, chef yeah. for hot. And uh, he deeper and I said, well, you don't want to go where I'm going. I'm going back to Kaysan. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and he said, well, you guys are the ones doing every damn thing. I'm sick and tired of being an escort officer. You know, that kind of crap. <laughs> yeah. So he wiggled his way to CCS. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I had one beer and it knocked me on my butt and I went to bed. Yeah. Well, middle of the night, there's a pounding on my door and shit, I drop up looking for my car 15. Yeah. What the, you know, I'm still yeah. under siege. WTF. Yeah, I'm siege mentality still, man. I, Absolutely. And uh, I go over and I open up the door and this kid's standing there with a clipboard. He says, sir, sir, I, you know, I'm in my underwear and stuff. He says, What's your name, rank, and serial number? And I looked at him and said, well, what the fuck you need that for? He said, well, we just took in some mortar rounds down the street and stuff, and, the more, and Sergeant Major sent me up here to get names of people before we can put them in for a CIB. Oh, no. I went, oh. I went bang, I closed the door. And, and a CIB it. was a combat infantry band, yeah, which you earned from being in contact. Combat. Combat so with so the enemy, yes. not just getting mortars dropped on no, your head. No, right, of course. Oh, These guys were all in search of some identity to go back to brag, looking like they were. So, uh, at this point in your career, uh, you've transferred to Fubai, and maybe this would be the point where we flip well, back. Well, I to, kept that bad port. I came back. I got on a black. Right, bird. you get back to Quezon. I no. I fly in. I fly into Da Nang right. on a Blackbird. They got me a job on a Blackbird. I get there and I hitchhike a, a ride, Defol before, from the airfield, which is like ten miles away. Yeah, from the yeah. Air, big air base. There's more aircraft landing there than any place in the world at, at that time, time. Yes, sir. Yeah. So anyhow, I get I get back to the base and you know how the security was in that damn place. You know, <laughs> God, it was like beach party deal and uh, I walked down there and I, I walked to the talk and uh, and and uh, uh, Sergeant Major uh, got into the talk and Sergeant Major um, God he got killed in 2030 he was a case on before oh, oh yeah I'll think of his name and yeah. say. anyhow he saw me and of course he knew I was a case on and he, I says, Sergeant Major, I need to get a lift to Quezon. 
And he says, well, if you go there, you're going to be there by yourself. I went, what? He says, they moved out. Everybody did. The Marines left left the, and left FOB3 there by in bar, I guess. He told me later. He said, the Marines just left us. We're just sitting there by ourselves. He says, I couldn't get anybody to make a decision. And then he said, I finally, and I said, well, that's nice, Colonel. You finally made a decision. So, <laughs> so he fucking got birds and stuff in there, and they packed up everything left, too. So I, that's how I ended up in FUBA. That FOB1. Yeah, I got the FUBA. And the Sergeant Major was Sergeant Major P. Graham. P. Graham. P. Graham. Yeah, he got killed on the 23rd. August 23rd. We'll get to that yeah. a little bit later. <clears throat> yeah, that's a whole day's process. Anyhow, he... Uh, I got I got the FOB one because Barr wanted me there. Yeah, so I got there and I said, "Oh God, they're gonna put me out of recon Kenya. I'm gonna be an ass all." That's a the you had been there a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's like God. <laughs> I just get out of case on now. I'm going to Ashall Valley. The hundred and also in the fairness, hundred first can't even stay in this damn place. Maybe before we talk about your history, entering how you ended service to our country was before you go to Kason. And after you left FOB four, you spent a little time TDY at FOB two in Contum. Well, they sent five, five teams of us up there. Yeah, and during that time, that's where Villarosa got killed. Right. So, um, in January, when Villarosa was killed, it was in a target from FOB two. That was in Laos. We went up there to support. Well, we didn't have a, our target areas. It was Cam Duck. Right. We were supposed to run that backside of the Ashell, the Cam Duck. And it was a rainy season. You couldn't get in and out of this. Sure. So they decided, well, we got all these warm bodies around, you know, and these guys at, at FOB2 are getting killed and everything else. Let's send some of these people up here to get killed. So they took the five uh, what they considered operational teams. And I only had a 1-1. I had no radio operator. My radio operator quit on me and went down an 18. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's my personality or you just scared, but uh, I just had Bill Reasoner, a young Spec Four, with my one one, and so they sent Bill Rose, Ron Brown, Boudreaux. Uh, Al Boyer was part of that. Uh, Boyer, Asp? Boyer was on ASP with yeah. Ron Brown. Yeah, yeah. Boyer and before and, they went to MIA. Well, they were my backup team out of K, out of NKP. That's how they got. Right. With the elephant deal. Yeah, that's one. Well, we got to get to the elephant deal. <laughs> so you, this is on a mission out of Contum. By this time, it was Tim Well, they Shoft sent the five team. team. No, he was, on, he was on Anaconda with Charlie Wilcox. He was the radio operator. Right. And I, uh, I got there, and I said, well, shit, they can't put me in. I only got one American. You know, so they solved that. They sent me to Cambodia <laughs> on the tri-border area. With a team? Five of us, me and sh me, that was the deal in those days. Oh, five Americans. No, no, no. Five total. Three in Didge and me and Reisner. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, five warm bodies. Yeah. And that was a that was a deal. You know, couldn't take mines. You couldn't take M7. That's what it sold off. So, that. again, we got to clarify for our, for our audience that the rules of engagement for SOG in Cambodia in 1960, it was dramatically different from Prairie Fire, which was Laos. And in Cambodia, you couldn't have fast air, no no close air support from A-1 Sky Raiders. Only thing you had was helicopter gunships 
period. And a Bible. A Gideon, and a Bible, indeed. A Gideon Bible. So in this case, you got a five-man team, you and your 1-1. One, one. You go into this target in well, Cambodia. Well, that's the – let's get to how this was chosen. You know, I, You were chosen. Yeah, chosen one. <laughs> the chosen one. Indeed. They get, I get got the call from the – but of course, I ran into Fred there. He's a yeah, Fred's Abitaz. Yeah, and we were on the same at team. At that time, you were both staff, young staff yeah, sergeants. Yeah, we were both. He'd had a tour of duty over on the A team. He'd been on the uh, on the uh, A team outside of uh, Long Bay. Oh, I mean, right? not Long Bay, but uh, 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 on the, uh, the Triangle Valley operation. Oh, the I Triangle. Yeah, he, yes, was, he was there. On, he was on that A team. He was a junior radio operator. On that and A-team. for again, for our, our listeners. Uh, viewers, we had the Idrang Valley, which was the first major contact between the first CAV American conventional units and the NVA. Yeah, a pure and helicopter unit. Too. Indeed, and they had to attach the whole air wing division, which was helicopters. And what started the, that conflict, that battle, was an A camp that had yeah. been under siege. And they brought Delta Force in. That's where Char- that's where charging Charlie uh, Beckwith got shot. And he got shot, shot in the ass. indeed. Yeah, Don, Don DeVere is a good friend of mine. Got shot at the same time. He said, I never seen anybody cry so much in my life. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. But again, Delta Force then was a quick reaction yeah, force. Yeah, they were in country. It's not to be they the were Del- in country Delta Force as we know it today. Yeah, they were in country sock. Indeed. They they, they did outstanding work. Oh yeah. They yeah, took yeah, big yeah. casualties. Yeah, too. I'd like to be near to had a nice club and everything. Real nice club. Oh yeah. But anyway, so you finally get inserted into Cambodia, your five yeah, man what team. Happened You're with... in some elephant grass. No, no, this is come on, you gotta get to is, this. This is really really good. <laughs> I go over and they tell me this, and I didn't know what the rules were. We were trained for Prairie Far. Sure. Right? I didn't know what the rules were. And they start telling me the Marcus of Queenberry rules for Cambodia, you know. Well, you can't take any claymores. You can't take. No claymores? Oh, no, no. Because we were down there in November of 68. We had claymores. Oh, yeah. They started. They modified. Let you know. Well, this was all that deal with Chinook. uh, Sinook. Sinook. Yeah, you know, to let him in the country and let him have his villa in Paris and stuff, and then, you know, we could go in and do this stuff. And, you know, like you said, no tactical air support, you know, only gunships, um, no king bees. They wouldn't let king bees in there, so it was all, all American. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could no M70. They, they kept telling me the stuff I couldn't take, and I almost said, well, can I take my car 15 with me? You, know, <laughs> you couldn't wear any American clothes. You had to have sterile, oh sterile fatigue. Yeah, yeah. No, no dog tags. No, no, none of this crap, you know. So make a long story short, you know, I'll go to Doc Toll, and they put me on the helicopter, me and the— and the Doc Toe's a launch site for that FOB2. That was a launch site for, yes, for Prairie Far and mm-hmm. Tri-Border. Yeah. And they had – they see, there were guys from CCS there. Um, Mad Dog was there. Sure. Yeah, they were running the Tri-Border areas right. there. They, so those guys were – it was kind of like, well, when they go, this is their target area. But no, walking. <clears throat> you only got one guy, so you – Stop thinking. Just get up and yeah, go. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, you're past your pay grades thinking you're a staff sergeant. So, <laughs> so, yeah. They get me in. We fly right over this damn village. I could have. Really? Yes. I could have spit at them <laughs> and, and get to the LZ, and they dropped me. I didn't know. All I knew was I was in Southeast Asia. Now, I had no idea where I was. 
<laughs> and Reasoner's looking oh, no. at me like you're my adult leadership. <laughs> and you look they, a little confused right a now. A little. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I got the map out. I'm trying to get a fix. I had no idea. You know, there was no GPS, babe. And uh, so I, I decided, man, I can't sit here and screw around with this stuff. You know, I got to move. Yeah. So I get up on this hill ridge line. Well, you know, we're in Cambodia, but this is just like Laos. It's just land that's continued with a damn border on it. And <laughs> we're scooting along, and all of a sudden, pick up trackers. Immediately, they start beating bamboo and poof, shooting their rifles off. Right. Then my pucker factor went up to 10. You know, I was just <laughs> seven before, but now I'm 10. Yeah. And, and bridging on 10 plus. Yes. So I knew I, I was in the world of shit. They, they knew I was in there. Of course, how wouldn't they? I flew over their damn yeah, village. Yeah, they fly over the village. They yeah. still put you in. Yeah. yeah, okay. So you're on a You're on helicopter pilots are get these guys off my bird. I don't want to get shot. <laughs> so, so, anyhow, I decide. Uh, I'm not going to lead this LZ because I know they could put a helicopter in here. Yeah. I don't have to search around. So I, I, I looped on my back trail, right, and started. And I look up, and here comes three dudes diddly bopping down, the, down a trail. Down a, you had khakis on, yeah. pit helmets, and shit. And it's my first time I ever seen it. You know, a, yeah. a BC up close, yeah. Right. So this um, is like uh, February, January, February? Yes, February. February, okay. Yes, February 19th. Oh, the same day at Fred Zabatowski. Uh, okay, this is very the good. good. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Continuous. Whoa. This is, this is the big oh, deal. And Fred God. went in the same. He was a doc told the same time I was. Right. Getting ready to go in a prairie farm. At that time, guess Fred it, was assigned it, to FUB2 at Contum. It, yeah. He, he was, was a 1-0. One, yeah. He was going into Hotel 9. Hotel 9. Yeah. Whoa. That was one of the Contum's worst I, targets. Later. Which, which five days later I was in. Indeed. So anyhow, these three come diddly bopping down the trail. And I looked at my people, don't shoot, don't, don't shoot them, you know? Yeah. And so they're looking down, looking around, you know, and they're looking for footprints. And I, I you know, I wasn't going to walk. I'm not a trail walker, you know. I know. No, no. It, it, no it, That's know, a golden rule, stay you know, off the trails. Yeah, walk a trail and die, you know. So Yeah. So they're looking around. All of a sudden, this one looks down there, and I said, shit. They said, I grease all three of them. Then everybody starts shooting, you know. 
And uh, Reisner, I look up at Reisner, he hadn't shot one round. <laughs> mouth was o- <laughs> mouth was open. He still called and for shot. And I looked underneath, the, and there were two magazines laying on the ground. He had ejected the magazines. Oh, no. And never, and never fired. <laughs> it was the first time he'd ever been, yeah. been fired at. But he rebounded. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was, yeah, all he needed was a wake-up call. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, I says, Man, we got to get to the LC. So I get on, I get on the phone, and I it, it, there's no such thing as a prayer for emergency in, Dan, in Cambodia. And Daniel right. Boone, that was yeah. Daniel Boone in those days. And <clears throat> I get on to the back and tell them I'm in oil, and they says, "Well, get get high and dry, you know, because because there's a team over getting the world of shit. It was Fred, yeah, and you know this shit. And I says. I finally, I started. I, I I was in close to panic mode. That uh, are you going to come and get me, bed or today? You know, the subway are. Am I the second choice in the subway system? You know, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Of course, I don't know what's going on with yeah. Fred. And so the, he finally decides. I says I need tack air, and he said we can't do it. And I said, well, he says unless you're in Lales. I said. Looks like Lance. <laughs> so he brought an A1E in. They dropped an A1E. I got in trouble over that, too. Of course, I didn't give a shit what he could do, court martial. Yeah. So, they, they, and the cover pilot, he was he was good, you know, this guy. And they, he didn't have a rider with him. He was just, because the rider. Just you and the Air Force pilot. Yeah, it was the, right. the, the, the other rider was over at Fred. Sure. And uh, so, and he, Anyhow, they get a heli- helicopter, and to make a long story short, you know, we get the hell out of the place. And they take me back to Doc Toll at the grassy area there and drop me off. And I looked across, and there's five king bees lined up on the other side. And all these goddamn guys are running around. And I l- told Reasoner, I says, man, what's going on? I, so I go over, and, and uh, Howard's there, right? Yeah. Supply Sergeant Howard. <laughs> yeah, Robert Howard. <laughs> what is goddamn Mini Fourteen and yeah, and all this shit. And uh, he's in, and uh, Dallas Longstreet's there. Dallas was there. Yeah, Dallas is there. Wow. And uh, so anyhow, they, and a bunch of guys. Pappy Webb was there. All these killers from sub Dallas. You know, Dallas is like me. He's <laughs> trying to survive. Yeah, <laughs> all these guys are there, and they got mountain yards. You know, it was a Mike Force. I mean, my force, it was a hatcher force. Right. And they were going in to get Fred. Yeah, because just for the record on that, Fred had gone in on a bright light after a team was hit, then a helicopter gets shot down. And then while he's on the ground, another one gets shot down, and he pulled people out well, of the burning helicopter. Well, he was in that helicopter. The one he was getting inserted or extracted? They were getting out. Right, okay. Because they got in a world of crap and uh, trying to find that, you know, it was a bright light trying to get Right. There's two guys could kill him. I'm from Cantoon. Yeah. And uh, he got on the helicopter on the Huey, and they they just got up to hover speed, and they hit him with an RPG, and it broke the boom off. Oh. And it started spinning, and it threw Fred out. And what happened was, he got on he got on the he got on the ground, and the bird crashed, and caught on fire from the fuel JP4. Sure. Yeah. So he ran to the helicopter, fell down because he had a concussion. He knew he was screwed up, 
And uh, this is what Fred told me later, back at Bragg, years years later, when he was getting the medal. Wow. So anyhow, he he says I got up and he says the compartment was all on fire, and magnesium was coming sure. down, and he pulled the co-pilot out, and the co-pilot was dead, and he. Then he went back and got he got the pilot, and the pilot was all screwed up, and he was all in his harness locked in, and Fred didn't know how to get the harness off, and he's going through all this, and finally he wore some loose, and Fred's getting burnt too from, sure. from the magnesium. Then the rounds start going off on all the guys. Yeah, the rounds in the helicopter are cooking off because yeah, of the heat Yeah, it was fire. on the guys. They were yeah. burning up, and they're all their load-bearing. Of course, they're all, they were screaming and everything, and you know, Fred told me, yeah, he you know, he was suffering. He, you know, he had PTSD bad. Oh, severe. And uh, so anyhow, he pulled the pilot over, and he went back trying to get Glover. Because Glover was going to take the team over. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Fred was going to uh, going to operations and uh, for a strata team. Right. So anyhow, make a, a long story short, they got Fred out and t- take him back to uh, play coup at the hospital there. And the story was, uh, of course, I I, re- I ran the Hotel Nine mission. Uh, five days five, later. Five days later, on twenty third, went shop. I got conned into that deal. <laughs> <laughs> I I was a glut. I was like you, man. I was a glutton for punishment. It was, I mean, my wife would have killed me if she and if they didn't kill me, she would have known the shit I did. Indeed, it's uh, Carol would not have been happy. She would have, that old marine would have been <laughs> put a shoe up my butt. So anyhow, I I, I heard the story uh, that uh, they were putting Fred in for a silver star. Typical, right? Wow. The aviation unit, the fifty seventh aviation unit, their commander, this colonel, had a fit. That Fred had done this, saved his pilot, went back and got, you know, got the body of the yeah. pilot, and did all this shit. And he basically told CNC, "If you put him in for a silver star, we're gonna up that to the Medal of Honor." And that's how Fred got the medal. No kidding, man. One of those behind-the-scenes stories Nobody you never knows. hear about. No. Yeah, and Fred told me that. Yeah. And so Fred gets, so he earned the Medal of Honor on that day, February 19th, 1968. Yeah, I got an R-Com with V the same day. Oh, you got the V? <laughs> they put, they gave you a V too? The only reason, I was a contoon. Uh, if I'd been an F-O-B-4, I would have got a good conduct medal, maybe. I maybe, know. maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was hotel, so five days later, you're in hotel now, nine which is one of the most notorious targets for the contour well, FOB2. There's another story leading up to that. Mm-hmm. My alligator mouth overloaded my mockingbird <laughs> asshole. <laughs> As I got in the, the club, you know, all of us telling our war stories. And Anaconda, that Schaff was a radio operator, yeah. right? And Bob Doherty was the one, one and, and Charlie Wilcox, who... I knew an 80 Deuce. We were in 80 Deuce. He was a motor sergeant in 80 Deuce. Well, good, good guy, but he was over his head. <clears throat> shouldn't speak dead, of the dead because I had to go in and recover his body later on. Oh. The, con, the Cam Duck deal. Right. So, anyhow, they, they basically found out they were going into this target. We didn't know what the targets were there. You know, I was shit. 
they were just in Southeast Asia. I didn't know yeah. what these designators were. Now, how notorious it was and said they were going into Hotel 9. Well, I knew that's where Fred got in the world of shit. You know, I said, well, what a... And they ran these same damn targets. Well, they wanted to put the airstrikes in. And it was, we were supposed to be a... a they were going to put a hatch of force in, and they had two recon teams. They are going to parallel them, and they were going to go down a Highway 110. Really? Yeah, and shoot. They had, they'd taken two... Uh, 57 recordless rifles, <clears throat> and they're going to shoot trucks. Yeah, right, like Charlie's going to let you shoot trucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyhow, I get over to him, and I volunteered for this thing, and I said, well, they'll never let me go because it's a full team. And, and the S3 over and it's saying, oh, we don't give a shit how many guys from FOB4 go with them. You can take all of them, but we don't care. No. <laughs> yeah. So they come. Charlie comes back and says, "Well, you can go." And I went, "Huh?" Yeah. <laughs> this to was hotel this nine. was a rouge. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to do this. <laughs> so so Shaw's all excited because his buddy's going to go with him, right? Yeah. So I said, "Well, can I take any indigenous?" And he said, "Yeah." So I go back over and I get two volunteers, Tayu, my zero one, and Er. Uh, anyhow, I had a, a so-called a uh, nung team, yeah, bunch of Cholan cowboys, you know. But they were good. And they were okay after I trained them. They came in. No, I was their first. I was the original. One okay. zero. They no these, kidding. Oh yeah, we were all these guys. The CIA had recruited and brought them in, you know. Right. And we were the trainers. Didn't need your training ourselves, you know. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, make a long story short. I got Ty. You looked at me like, what did you volunteer me? <laughs> so, then we get on. We, you know, we get we go in in two helicopters. I'm the second one, and, and uh, Shaw's in the first one uh, with uh, Wilcox, and I Doherty's with me, and we we land on this LZ, and I get out and I look around. There's punji stakes on the LZ and Laos in Laos. So you know they know this LZ had been used before. Yeah. Which was notorious in that area. Of course. So I'm trying to bring attention. Everybody's got, you know, Cyclops eye, you know, going up. So we start up this hill to get off the LZ. And I'm in the rear, you know, and this parade's going up the hill. And, and next next thing I know, we're on this high-speed trail. Dust is just deep on it. Whoa. The bamboo on both sides is rubbed white. Really? For how how wide was it? It was it was it was at least uh, well I could tell you how wide it is because there's something stupid happened later on, but <laughs> it was it was a car. That's why we're here, it Pat. Was, it was a car fifteen and a half wide. Okay, right? Very good. So we're going up this trail. Was the stock extended or collapsed? Yeah, this is this is it. <laughs> I caught Doherty laying his car 15 down for Taking reference. Pictures. Yeah. And I, I grabbed him and said, what the are you doing? <laughs> yeah, get off the trail. <laughs> Not only that, you got your gun laying down there. <laughs> <laughs> that, of course, that was Doherty's last mission. He quit. So anyhow, oh. so anyhow we start up this, this trail, and I'm I, I run up to the front and I tell Wilcox, 
like, we got to get off this damn trail. And he said, we can't. Look at all this. You know, Because you had the bamboo on both sides. Both sides. It was like a... And bamboo was over your head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Deep, big Could be bam- seven to you know, nine big, feet. Yeah. You know, yeah. Big, the bamboo was there. So, so, so the, we stop on the trail to give a, a, a team okay, right? Yeah, with Covey. Yeah. And I... I said, God, we got to put security on. You know what? What the hell's going on here? And I look up, and one of the guys on the team had a can of apricots with his Peter No, yeah, one of Wilcox's in did. I went, Good God, this is not a picnic. <laughs> so, so anyhow, they find this opening, and we went down this hill. And I'm I'm in the back. Sure. And you know they we walked through right through a, a, a bivouac area. No. Yeah. There were there was goddamn you know they had all kinds of uh, spider holes and yeah and stuff in it and there was old bamboo hooches in there and stuff. It, it wasn't occupied at the time, but it had been. Whoa. So I knew this. <laughs> this was not a place for a goddamn uh, welcome wagon. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're going down the hill, and all of a sudden, I look up with the trail we got up, and there's four NBA coming down the trail. Oh, shorts, khaki shorts. Yeah, yeah. And, and pit helmets. And one of them had an RPG, and the other three had AKs. And they're looking. Of course, we left footprints all over the goddamn place, jungle boots. Foot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they stand out. Yeah, a little bit, you know. A little different ele- than the batter boots. An elephant <laughs> could have come down, and they're in there, and they're looking all around. And we're down there, in the, and I'm, I'm down there, you know. The, the buttons on my shirt feel like boulders. I'm so close to the ground, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and there, this one guy stops, and he looks right at me. So I get, I'm getting ready. I'm going to. You're ready. I'm going to grease this guy. And he puts the gun back on his shoulder and goes back down the trail. Just then, the world opened up. The front of the element hit him. And really? Yeah. Then she had bullets are flying everywhere. And I look back up the trail, and here comes six of them running down the trail. So me and Ty Yu and Wilcox's uh, a tail gunner shoot them. You know. Yeah. She had. I was on rock and roll. I wasn't taking. Good aim. I was just shooting low and yeah. and greasing them, and knocked them all down, and one of them was screaming his head off, and so I I said, let's get off this. Let's get out of here. Get we got to get with the group, you know, because we're gonna file on the jungle. You know how that is. Yeah. You know, shit. We couldn't see four foot in front of us, and so I I heard this you know, firing going on and all this shit. I heard somebody crying. I look over there. And one of one of the little people had been shot through both arms. Ooh. And so I tried to get him up and move him. He wouldn't move. So I grabbed him and, and, and put him underneath my arm, you know, how little yeah, yeah. and start dragging him through the jungle and all the time he's screaming. And I, I catch Shaf. Shaf's all by himself and there's about four bodies out in front of him. And he's on the radio and he had two Two, uh, two of the team with him, and they're just hosing the place down. And uh, I ran up and I grabbed Shaft's foot and he almost shit. He looked at me. He was so and, focused on that. Yeah, yeah. And what it was, we still had air cap. We still, had, we still had the A1Es there. Right. Okay. And the gunships. 
and he had called him and told him what you know we were in shit. So I told him I he says they're going to bring in Nape, and I said, well, we got to mark our position, man. <laughs> you know, let them know a little you know, bit about where we shit, are. This shit sticks to kids, you know. I don't. <laughs> you know. So Tim looks at me and he says, okay, I got my panel. I'll crawl. Cover me. I'll crawl out and put the panel on. And I said, okay, that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) So Tim Tim starts crawling out and uh, puts the panel out. And he starts crawling back and he says, oh, God, I'm hit. And he got shot. He got trapped on his ass from an RPG. Oh, no he kidding. hit the trees there. Shooting yeah, yeah. The trees with yeah. The RPGs. And he got hit. He kept saying, how bad is it? And I says, oh, you're bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> so he calls back and gets on the radio. And I said, what? I said, where's Wilcox? And he says, he's up there. We're, we're all split up. So I heard Wilcox hollering. He said, are you guys okay, you guys? And I says, well, I got, I got a wounded guy here. I says, he was screaming, so I said, fuck this shit. I give him morphine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I give him a full dose. He was out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he, 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 oh, no. I forgot this is an indigenous, you yeah, know, 100, 110 pounds of rice blower, <laughs> yeah. you know? And he was, <laughs> oh, man. I squeezed that in. But he didn't feel any pain. No, he stopped screaming. No, he quit screaming. Yeah, that was the yeah. best thing. He quit screaming. Yeah. So, oh, Lord. Anyhow, we're <clears throat> in this shit, and they're coming down the hill, assaulting us down the hill. And, God, we're just. Shit, I had I was stacked up with magazines, and I looked down there, and I had ejected magazines, still had rounds in them. That's how panicky we were. No kidding. Yeah, I Whoa. mean we were just greasing me and shop and people, people and then Taiyu, and uh, Taiyu gets up and throws a hand grenade and he hits a goddamn tree and rolls down towards us. No. Yeah. <laughs> I I grabbed and I said, no hand grenades, no hand grenades. Then I, what I do, I pick up a hand grenade and throw it up there. But you had a better arm. Yeah, I, I pitched baseball in the little league, so I knew that. <laughs> so, so anyhow, we're in this shit, and Shaw says, get your head down, get your head down. I said, what the fuck? Then the, what happened was these gunships came in, right? Mm-hmm. And got right over us, the top of us, and they're... They're hosing, they got their miniguns, and they're hosing the jungle up there. We just come off the trail. Right. They're just shooting all over the shit. So all of a sudden, the shit starts hitting me, and I said, we're taking in coming. It was a brass. Yeah. Coming out, and one went down in my jacket, and it's burning the shit. It burns you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I had scars on my neck for yeah, that. Yeah, I had. I still oh. to this day, I got that scarf in that. So anyhow, that, that shit's happening. And then they... they they expended all their shit, man. They just crapped the place. And they were still taking fire, too, from the top of the hill. And then I found out later, Shaw told me that Covey told them they were in formation on the, on a road to come and get us. They were having roll call out there, you know. No. <laughs> yeah, and the Covey said there's over 100 of them out there. I said, oh, I'm glad I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So anyhow... That shit happened. Then Shaw says, I says, well, we got to get to the LZ and secure that damn LZ before we can get the helicopters in. 
And they, I hollered at Wilcox. I said, well, Charlie, we got to move from this location. They you know where we're at. He said, we can't move. We're pinned down. I said, fuck pinned down. we got to move out of here. So Shaw said, well, we can't move now. And I said, why? Well, he said, it's because crispy critter time. Ooh, for napalm. Nap. So f- fucking A1E came right at us. It was out, like out of a movie. You know, the comm trails coming off the guy's sure. wings. Yeah. And he, he comes over and tilts his wing at us. He could see us because of the panel. Yeah, yeah. Tilts his wing at him, and he's like this, right? Yeah, yeah. Goes up on his hill and hits it with nape. Whoa. And goddamn, all their, 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 their uh, hand grenade stuff start going off, and they're screaming up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And Shaw's about to get a heart on, man. He's so excited. <laughs> and then he says, I says, I says, can we put, put put a strike on the LZ before we can, you know, if they're yeah. there, we'll burn them out. Shaw said, I'm already ahead of that. So he, we put, until we caught the LZ on fire. No. <laughs> it was the dry season. Yeah, of course. And all that bamboo started burning. And it starts blowing up the water in it, you know. Right. We sound like we were taking incoming from the sure. bamboo, and all this, yeah, all this crazy stuff. So I, I turned around and, and, and I'm, of course, I'm laying on the ground in, you know, in it, low profile, <laughs> Vietnamese foreign position, you know, <laughs> like this. <laughs> and he, I look up and Ed Schaff and this other guy had two SKSs. They crawled up there and, <laughs> and pulled these SKSs out of these guys. No and, kidding. And I knew right away they were security people because yeah. they were carrying SKSs. Right. You know, and probably way station guys. So he, John's got this thing hanging on his arm. And he says, he said, how bad is my blood? And he was bleeding down his thing. And I said, ah, you're okay. You're going to be okay. So we hit, the, we hit the LZ. And I'm carrying the, the guy I give more for. Sure, to. yeah. I got him in a farmer's carry. You know, and I'm carrying him across there. You know, it looks like a John Wayne movie. I'm with Carl yeah. 15, hose an invisible enemy, you know, just putting down fire to make me feel good. And we hit the. But you also had a lot of enemy activity. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah they yeah, were yeah. still on their asses. The only thing that saved us <clears throat> was Nape. Yeah. I mean, that scares me. I know. Just oh. yet. So <laughs> that's the reason it's outlawed. They can't use it anymore. <laughs> so, anyhow, we. We hit the LZ, you know, we getting, I, I'm up kicking people, get in the goddamn, we gotta get, get Claymore's out, you know, and all this stuff. And, and Wilcox was trying to get under control, and uh, and Tim was just shit for hot, like Tim, I expected Tim to be. And he, you know, he had, he was like you, he had the, he still had the John Wayne mentality. You know, the, the, that worked out. He was good on the ground. Yeah, yeah that, yeah, that we're invincible. We wore that funny hat, we're invincible. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, <laughs> so, anyhow, he's on the radio control and all this shit, and it should have been Wilcox, but Tim was cool as shit. He was doing it all. And uh, so they put another CBU strike up on the hill, and that put that the fire quit as soon as we put that CBU in. They quit shooting at us. It was like, well, let these motherfuckers go. And those are cluster bomb units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, and they were the delayed fuse ones. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it kept going off, you know, constellation. That's. I good. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, CBU twenty nine. I know that from flying Covey. I know those. 
Indeed. Yeah, all the crap. Later so, in your saga. Yeah, yeah, I become an ordinance expert. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I upgraded from 5.56 to Napalm, CBU. <laughs> so, anyhow, the helicopters come in to get us, right? And of course, we're all jacked up. You know how that goes. You know, oh, yeah. We're, we're working on adrenaline and it was running low. Yeah. <laughs> so I. <laughs> We run over to, and of course, the slicks, these guys are taking fire, you know. I get, they had the the doors were off on it. They had them pulled back both sides, right? Right. So I had the, the, the indigi had been shot. I threw him in the helicopter, and I turned around, and we're still shooting up the hill, and shock jumps in the helicopter. And I get on the strut, and I look down, and the guy that I carried, I threw him through the helicopter. No. <laughs> he went through it. You had to throw him in again. <laughs> I had to jump off to grab him. Oh, him. no. Yeah, I skittered him right through the damn <laughs> I think your adrenaline. Of course, he didn't know anything. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> but your adrenaline was kind of pumping oh, by then. Oh, yeah, God. My God, Pat. Uh, and then we get back Then we get back to the grassy area, you know. The, yeah. And, you know, we got wounded people and stuff, no medical support. So I run over to the A-team mm -hmm. over there, and the chief medic on the A-team I went through training group with. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so he come running out there with IVs and stuff. And yeah. Started, you know, doing this shit. So I'll never forget, Schaff had this, had this SKS, and he says, I said, "What do you got that for?" He said, "No, I'm not going to tell us we didn't we didn't engage the enemy. Here's this goddamn gun, and they had blood all over it from yeah, this shit. from his wound. And it ended up in the club at FOB4. They took it back and hung it because we were the first ones to bring back weapons. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Then, then it was, and here here's the ironic part of the whole deal. Uh, FOB4 didn't write us up for any, and FOB2. Wrote us up for uh, all of us. Well, they put in Wilcox for a silver star, and they downgraded it. And they wanted to give me a silver star because I'd saved the guy. Yeah, I met that criteria, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And they said FOB four said, "Well, we can't do that. The one zero didn't get the silver star again." <laughs> so I got, I got the, uh, uh, I got a bronze star would be right. And so the, you know, but here we go. Schaff didn't get a damn thing. I mean, he no. he ran that whole show, tactical air support. Everything, yeah. yeah. He did the whole damn thing, and I don't know how many assholes he killed. Yeah, you know, killed one for sure. He had his SKS. So, and then uh, while we're still, it was a Hotel Nine where you had, again, you're on a bamboo. You get on a trail, That's and it. your little people come back because there was a four-legged encounter with an elephant. Oh, that was a no. That was out of NKP. Oh, that was NKP. Yeah, right. that's when we were in the elephant grass. Right. Elephant. But maybe we just have a quick review of that. You're into a target. Your well, team I, was moving yeah, up a hill. I, here again, I was strap hanging. You know, <laughs> I became the the strap hanging. And this is before you go to FOB three or before you come to FOB one. Yes. In June this, of '68. This, this is one of the things that, Your that first I decided that I need to get out of FOB four. <laughs> <laughs> they were on a mission to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a case. And you couldn't say and no. Caisson's better. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I, you know, Schaff and me decided we'd go together as a team. Yeah. You know, the the Marx Brothers going up there. So yeah. So anyhow, 
this was a, called a circus act. I don't know if I ever told you about that. They brought these. No, we go. I was with uh, Cobra. They assigned me to Cobra. I took two of my people with me. It was okay. a heavy team. Right. And Ron Brown and Ass was our backup. Right. And we took Chase Medic with us. And we're you been you ran out of NKP. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. And NKP is non-com phenom Thailand. Right. When they're weather socked into Vietnam, you can't Heavy launch into hook. a target into Laos. Backside. Right. We go in the backside. Um, you know, a, a Blackbird would take us to NKP, unload. <clears throat> then at some point, you load up in helicopters with H H H threes. Then. Well, what they did was they put you in isolation there. Well, the yeah, because the little people weren't supposed to be in Laos. We're not allowed to have them being made. So they locked them up in the compound, and then they, we went to what we were. Uh, of course, this is this is uh, the age of, you know, line of sight radios and all the shit yeah. we were doing. Was, you know, the the kids today. Their equivalent is us in World War One guys, you know. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, we're we're. Uh, but you launch. Say, you're in a target. You're no, on the no, ground. No, no, no. We go in for the dip. This is the best part. We're going in for the briefing. Oh, okay. On the target. First, they give us this. This they came in Samsonite suitcases. Remember these old. Oh suit, yeah. The hard cases. Sure. Well, one of them was a battery supply. Right. And the other one was the actual wiretap stuff. And you had to put it on wires, and it had camouflage wires on. Oh yeah. It. And you, you know, supposed to. And this, you had to collapse. You had to tie it yeah, down. Yeah, and they could, they could fly over and activate it from a plane. Yeah. You know, yeah, we saw those. We never used those. The we, ones we, the we, ones we the put in were inserted We were the, the first ground. ones to do this, yeah. and they brought tech reps in from, from, um, from, Hollywood land, right? <laughs> <laughs> to tell us this shit, you know, yeah. like it's a John Wayne movie. And sure. You guys can do this. And well, fuck you. you don't tell me this shit. <laughs> so we're in this briefing yeah. you know, for the target area. and they got. So the, you're officially in a briefing for a wiretap mission. Yes. The we, first of its we, kind with that equipment. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I'm, I'm just an add-on because they need warm bodies to carry all this damn equipment they give us. And I was not, it was like eldest son. I was not too enthusiastic about yeah. this shit. It's one thing running recon. These wiretaps, you have to, you, as you know, you have to go down to the objective to do that shit. Yeah. You're in bad by country, you know. And, and, and they give us a set of gaffs to climb the pole because they were on telephone poles. Yeah. Down the Ho Chi Minh Trail. You didn't have Sal, like my, my Zero One could climb no, the pole. No, this was up by DMPM Fu on the other side. Right? No kidding. Oh, yeah, we're way You're up. that far north. We were way up Whoa. here. That's a problem. Man, <laughs> we had no support. Yeah. No gunships. All we had was A1Es that flew for the Pony Express guys. Right. And those guys. And the Pony Express was the HH3s. Yeah. The bigger Sikorskys. Stripped. Right, stripped. Yeah, they have, their, their door gunner was a guy with an M sixteen and a thirty round. First thirty round magazine I ever seen. Those guys. They, they always had the good stuff first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the, those <laughs> disposable thirty round mags. So, and yeah, we're in the briefing, and, and 
Carlos Porter was over there. He was the commo. Staff Sergeant Carlos yeah, Porter. Mr. Yeah. Wheeler, dealer. He was a commo chief. He got his way. He must have bought his way over there. He never saw combat. So anyhow, we're sitting in there, and they opened up the map, right? Yeah. And this is where you're going to – and I'll never forget this A1E pilot says, we take 37 Mike bikes to get 15,000 feet there. At 15,000? Yeah. Wow. 57 Mike Mike. The stuff they used over Hanoi. Yeah, yeah. And they shot B-52 stamens. So anyhow, I looked at these goddamn Pony Express pilots and their eyes went bloop. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, this ain't going to be fun, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. So they dropped They dropped us in 9 9K from our no. objective. 9K. 9 kilometers from, from the, where the poles were that we were supposed to do this. Yeah. And this is a virgin country up there. There's no fucking mountain yards. There's nothing but lion, uh, tigers and elephants and, yeah. and water buffalo, you know. And and kill deer all over the place, and and parrots in the trees, you know, hawking at you. <laughs> so anyhow, we get on the ground, and we start out. Of course, we're all, you know, how we are when you're all, yeah. I'm, you know, about. You're in hyper alert. Uh, yeah. Six hours later, we're all picking our noses and walking along, and there ain't no bad guys out here, you know, so. That's when we ran into the elephant. We figured, well, this is a quicker way through. This yeah. Shit. So we're going down, and all of a sudden, it's a again. You, did you have bamboo alongside you, like the it other target? It was elephant grass. Elephant. Oh, which again could be anywhere from eight to ten. It to was way feet. up. Yeah. It was. All I know is this was a path we don't have to break through, because it was taking us forever. You know, yeah. the little people were all dead. You know, from and sure. we we're carrying all this goddamn equipment besides our load bearing equipment. Right. And it's you know that team, the team leader. I won't mention his name, but he kept <laughs> running back to me. What do you think? What do you think? And I said, "Let's start a war and get out of this goddamn place, deal." <laughs> so, so, anyhow, we're going down this thing, and I, you know, all of a sudden it hit me. Something made this trail. It just you know somebody yeah. wasn't up front. You know, it wasn't you know driving their Ferrari down here or something. Something made. And all of a sudden, all these little people start running back. <laughs> I'm in the back. Right? Yeah, yeah. And there's fucking elephants tattering away. <laughs> no. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it hit me. I thought I saw a pile of shit back here. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the time we gained going down the trail, we lost. When you got overrun by an elephant. Got, yeah, thank God I mean, he didn't charge us. I think he was more shocked than we were. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, we're, we're scooting along, and all of a sudden, two F-4s come flying over. Oh, well, what the fuck are they doing? You know, all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. And I says, man, we're close to the road. We're close to what we think, you know. Yeah, yeah. So... I I went over to the team leader. I says, uh, uh, Chuck Feller was a one one. I says, Hey, I'm going to take Feller and one of my people, and I'm going to go down here and see what's going on. You keep you know put pe people in a secure position, and I give them a you know password and challenge. You know, yeah. I come back, I don't want these assholes shoot me up when I come back in. So we we go down to and we, all of a sudden we out of nowhere he broke out onto this road system. 
I looked around and I says, oh, there's no telephone poles here and stuff. Don't but God, there's roads. And I heard all this talking, Vietnamese talking, and and Ty, you comes over and grabs my arm, and he says, "VC," and I said, "Shit, yeah, I know it." <laughs> you can hear him. Yeah, like like this is a big deal. I yeah, know, yeah. man. Uh, so I'm looking down there, and there's a goddamn anti-aircraft gun. Whoa. There, you know. Fifty-seven Mike Mike. It, no, it was a, it was a twenty-three. Really? Yeah. You know, it almost sure. like quad fifty. Yeah. And these there were three guys there, and they were up there both smoking cigarettes, bullshitting. On rear security, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they had never seen American in their lives, so we were up so high. And uh, so I, I fall back, and I says, uh, I'm going to think about this shit. So I go back, and, well, I was going to say who the one zero is, but well, I says, look it. I think this is mission impossible. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no telephone poles by main road. No, well, not only that. Yeah. Everybody's wore out. And I know the reaction time was five hours. Whoa. Get out there with that. So if you make contact, you have five hours to oh, get. Oh, no, we're going to be killed. Yeah. <laughs> so I says, look at, let's get out of this damn place. And he said, well, how are we going to do that? I said, we're going to go up, to, we're going to go up there and kill those guys. And I says, then we're going to take pictures of prayer if we killed them. <laughs> no bright idea. So I says, here's the scheme. We're going to put security on one end, security on the other end, put the claymores out. Then we'll have a hunter-killer team go up and fucking grease them. Okay. You know, sounds like a good idea, Pat. Let's do I said, but before this... Declare, declare emergency. Sure. Get get the helicopters coming this direction. Sure. And we're not going to do anything until, you know, I can hear props, you know, coming. So and so we laid there forever. And it was starting to get dusk, you know, and I started panicking, man. What the fuck are we going to do now? So all of a sudden, the, the covey... What they didn't call them Covey over there. Right. They, they were flying. They were flying the Tans. Okay. The Broncos. Yeah. Uh, he shows up, starts flying at oxygen altitude over us. You know, I could barely see him up there. And uh, I says, "Okay, this is this is it. Let's go do it." So, we make a long story short, went down there. These poor assholes, you know, they didn't even get their dicks out. You know, we zipped them, and took some pictures, gra grabbed grabbed a thirty a twenty three Mike Mike shell, you know, and yeah. headed back we'd backwards we'd picked out a we'd crossed an area that we figured would be Axville. Fucking two hours later they still hadn't shown up. The covey was there but they hadn't showed up. So they finally show up in those the Pony Express. They wouldn't land. They threw a goddamn ladder out at us. Oh, and we got these all this junk, and I told I told the one zero. I said, "Well, take a snap link and snap all of our goddamn equipment into the bottom yeah. and keep it from flapping around those aluminum ladders." Right, sure. Beat you to death, and I says, "And then we'll get in the helicopter." And he says, "Okay," and I says, 
I says, uh, me and Feller will be the last ones on. You get, you get on. He says, well, I'm the one zero. I should be the last one on. I said, I'm. This is not a popularity contest. I'll be the last one on. <laughs> he said, okay. <laughs> so, so anyhow, he, they start climbing. First, my God, that one of the indigs falls off the ladder. Oh no. Yeah. Well, it, it, he was only up maybe ten feet. Right. You know, he just couldn't do it. So I, I told him, I says. Everybody straddle the ladder and snap in with a snap link. I says, we'll just, you know, we'll get to a safe area they can land and we'll get in a helicopter. Okay. Well, the safe place is heavy hook. <laughs> we flew all the way back no. here on the ladders. I was, it was so cold. It was, I mean, we were frozen. I mean, we couldn't get, we, and here we, we landed NKP time. They got, they got families there, living there. The Air Force, there, sure, you know, <laughs> and they're they're all out there. It's like Disneyland. Look at these crazy green berets coming back, right <laughs> on a ladder. On <laughs> a ladder. <laughs> so we we get off we get off the ladder, and here's Ron Brown and Asp ready to go. They're getting on, they're getting on the same birds we got off of. No kidding. Yeah. For another wiretap mission. Dad, take our stuff, and they're going to continue on to an. So I told, and Ron was kind of shit for hot. I went. He He's was good. Yeah. Yeah, I went to. My, uh, he was my instructor when I went to Halo School. Oh really? Yeah. He was. In, he was a hanky popper for a long yeah, time. Yeah. So anyhow, and long story short, he gets. I said, Ron, I grab him. You know, we friends for a long time. I said, God damn, that's a bad place out there. And he said, We'll get it done. Well, they got it done. Well, yeah, and just for the record, we have Ron Brown, Alan Boyer, and Houston. Houston. There were the three Americans on ASP at that time. They get inserted. They were on the ground. They made the tap. They actually made the tap. They actually made the tap. Okay. Now, here we go. How much information do you gain from this since you've been compromised and, and, and all this shit happened? And what happened was... And same thing happened. These guys, these 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 Pony Express guys, they weren't used to doing these type of operations. They they put in these strata teams, these thundercloud teams, right up north, up way up north, yeah, way up north, and up by Haiphong. Yeah, yeah. They, these were all NBA converts. You know, they give them a Zippo lighter and a Honda. Mo Motorcycle, now they're friendlies. <laughs> so, but they did have some success up there. That they, was well, we called them stay behind teams. Yeah. Once they got there, they stay behind. Oh, really? Yeah. They never picked them up. Oh. They well, were compromised. They couldn't go back and get them. They, and they, they just gleamed information. Well, let's get back to your they, mission here. Well, anyhow, they Which, went. <clears throat> they got. A, and, they got hammered. Well, they got. They put us on a blackbird and got us out of country and sent us back. Home. I mean, within three hours, I'm back at my hooch in FOB4, mm -hmm. and I get uh, uh, Leo Simpson, who was the operations sergeant, old Delta guy, comes down and grabs me and said, Pat, uh, come up to the head shed. And I said, okay, what's going on? So I figured they, somebody squealed on me and told me that I started this fucking war. <laughs> 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 and I was going to do the fifth. 
Fifth Amendment to the Constitution. Indeed. I refuse to testify on the rights that might incriminate me. Yeah. So anyway, I get up there and they says, uh, we've got problems. And I said, well, and I started explaining to I was going to say, I had my cover story picked out. Yeah, right. And I kept looking for the one zero, and he wasn't there to verify that this was the truth. Of course, we had the shit that we'd placed up, and that kind of yeah. fortified everything. They said, uh, ASP is in a world of shit. And it hit me. I told Brown, man. He says, I said, wow, how bad? And he says, uh, the Americans are gone. Well, they sent uh, Chuck Feller over there, who's one ended up in the helicopter followed Ran it. He was in charge of aviation for the FBI. Later on, went through the whole shit, and died from a brain aneurysm, like you know, when he was 42 years old. Ooh. So anyhow, make a. They got all the not. Here's here's what I don't understand. We always had this thing. That you got the Americans on first, right? Because they they greened the intel except the one zero. You know, the one zero is the last one to step on the bird. Right. Yeah. Sure. Unless there were scratch marks on it, and then maybe he was on it before. <laughs> but but anyhow, that that was the, that was our SOP, right? But Ron hadn't done that. He put all the little people on except his zero one. His Vietnamese zero one was still on the ground. And they were on the they ladder again. They're on the ladder. Really? Yeah. And they were on the ladder, and Houston was on the ladder going up, and they started taking fire. And a helicopter took off, and drug Houston through the trees, and pulled him off the ladder. Wow. And 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 uh, Brown and Boyer. George uh, Brown. Yeah. Or Ron is is uh, he used his middle name. We're still on the ground with one Indian. That was the last they ever heard of them. And they, uh, two days later, they sent Chuck in there and he never got off his LZ. Got, got lost two people, got killed. Put them into the same year. What dumb Yeah, this is March 29th, 1968. Yeah. And, uh, and then it, it's the curse of ASP, as you've heard, you know. Oh, that, yeah. We lost three ASP teams who were completely wiped out. Over the time, over the eight years. Yeah, over eight years. That was the name they tried to get rid of because it was a bad, bad muju. Yeah. And, but, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, to this day, they still haven't found Houston's. And here we go again. Uh, you know, I got I got into that recovery crap, you know, on the right. cam duck thing. The only thing they'd find, because the soil's aesthetic, you know. Aesthetic, yes. They teeth. Everything rots up for teeth. Right. And they said they, Brown's daughter was married to a Marine at Camp Pelham, a gunnery sergeant. And she yeah, she knew me. I'd been in contact with her because she kept asking about her father. And, sure. And her, him and his wife had broken up. and. She loved her father and thought her mother was a whore, you know, that kind of shit. Right. And then she was married to a gun home marine on top of it all. A beautiful girl. She got a hold of me and says, they found my dad, and I won't accept it. And that's when Jack Crow yeah. got involved, because Jack was wearing his... Bracelet. Bracelet. Yeah. 
And Jack called me up and says, can you inf- uh, convince her we have the body? And I said, how do I know? You know, my my MOS is not pathology, you know. This is many years later. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is the like, reunion stuff was going sure. on. And so anyhow, he uh, they found one tooth. And get this, they wouldn't let him drill into it because they said it was his tooth. And, wow. And I tried to convince her to bury him in Arlington and make him bring the horses and the carriage and all that shit out. But she buried him with his mother in Texas. Yeah, and they also uh, had the remains for Alan Boyer. Yeah, and was, he was buried in, in Arlington. Yeah, you went to like, that, didn't you? Did not. I was I was stuck at work. Oh, okay. Couldn't make it. Eldon went to that. Eldon never, made it. I'll never forget. Eldon told me later on that they had those uh, Thunder Riders. Those oh yeah. That oh yeah. Yeah, and Eldon says, "If you guys do that to me, I'm going to come back and haunt you." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He said, those assholes ain't going to lead my hearse. Yeah. So no. I'm sure when Eldon died, he made sure his wife did that. Those yeah. Assholes there. They had the, they they did bring, like Lou went, they had the uh, SOA riders. Sure. That's Got, different. Lou told me that that, that little, was in North Carolina? Yeah, that town he was in from? Well, no, that was, uh, the one they had down North Carolina was for, um, Donnie Shue. Okay. When they recovered, and yeah, they had the riders Shue. there. And yeah, they had that the, was in 69. Shue came up MIA. Right. He he went MIA in, um, with uh, Guthrie Wald. Yeah. And Guthrie. another Brown. Yeah. And that was uh, November 3rd, 69. I just got back to CCM when they oh, were did missing. You? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was his hometown. It was someplace in the south. But then they... It was close enough to Arlington they escorted his body all the way to what was left of it. Well, yeah, and I've I've talked. In fact, yesterday I talked to Alan Boyer's sister, Judy. Yeah, Judy, I talked to. Her. She yeah. always talks. She says, "You're the only person I knew that knew my brother." Nice well, Tim knew him. Yeah, but Tim didn't want to talk. And so, for context too, this is '68, and by that time, Villa Rosa's team had been wiped out. We had two other teams wiped out in May. Um, that uh, ST Alaska was hit with John Allen. Mm-hmm. Everybody on that team was killed except for John. Mm-hmm. And he and Ede for a day or two. A day or two, yeah. And they brought him back. And so by the time I landed at Fubai, here's John mm-hmm. Allen. And with that, you Did, talk about a 20,000 mile stir. Oh, yeah, John that never poor recovered. man went through. He never recovered. He yeah. blamed himself for everything. And I tried to tell him, I said, you can't control life. No. Yeah. Well, the the crazy thing about FO before I went there with sixteen of us to be one zeros and stuff, right? And by the time we got out of country, the guys that made it to November sixty four, uh, sixty eight, uh, to go home, there was only four of us still there. Wow! And of the four, uh, three of us had been wounded. Sure. The other ones had either been killed or made it back back. So. Let's go back to when the young Pat Watkins from Indiana, I'm going to serve God and country. You joined the Marine Corps first. And yeah. What year was that, sir? 1956. Whoa. I was, I'd run the state track meet three days before, and then I was down. Because I was being recruited at partial scholarships to track college. And my mother said, 
I think the Marine Corps is a good option. She'd had enough of me. Because <laughs> the whole family deal, I had an uncle yeah. who was on Iwo Jima. And so anyhow, I, I went and joined the Marine Corps, and there was a whole company of us from Indiana that called us the Ernie Pyle Company. Really? Yeah, because Ernie Pyle was from Indiana. Sure. Right. And, and people don't realize Ernie Pyle made it all through Europe. Yeah. Yeah. What all we patent all this crap? He, the war is over in Europe, and he decides, well, I'm going to go with the Marines now. So he goes to Okinawa and the Marines, and he was on Ikushima, a small island off. Right. And a sniper killed him. Yeah. God. So Marine Corps, and during that time, the Marine Corps, you meet this lovely young lady, a fellow Marine, Carol. Yeah, she. We did it for a pay increase. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I just made. I made sergeant, and I hit all the bars in Oceanside fifty times. I, I, better, I better settle down. And I bet I was so funny. I got a. She was running for. Well, they used to have a rodeo there every right. year. That was that RCA road. Well, Doug was one of the. He was a roper. Right. Yeah, he did the RCA circuit, <laughs> and uh, they had a. And they brought. Uh, they had that uh, Bonanza, yes, with little horse and yeah, and they course. brought movie stars there for this. It was a, a fundraiser for the Marine Corps League, right? You know, that that uh, uh, our 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 buddy is uh, was president enough for right, <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, the future forms of America. Yeah, right. So anyhow, they Carol's running for rodeo queen. No. Yeah, they they took women Marines. Yeah, and sure. And stuff, and she was running for road. They they brought her down and bought her one of the I I called it the Dale Evans outfit <laughs> <laughs> with the tassels on it. Yeah, and it was blue and got her yeah. got her a horse. She'd never rid a horse in her life. You know, she's from Tacoma, <laughs> Washington. And they had a lot of horses there. So they sent her to training. <laughs> to, to learn how to ride a horse because they had to be in this parade. Yeah. Know? So anyhow, she she ran for rodeo queen and she came out second. I'll never forget. She, they had this speech they had to give at the for the contest. The girl won the contest was some colonel's daughter. Of course. I, I told him I said, was Rig Carroll. Yeah. She says it's okay. She didn't get an outfit, but she still got her outfit. <laughs> Does he? Oh yeah, and I got pictures. I'll, I'll have to send you a picture with the horse. Yeah, yeah. She's got a palomino. So anyhow, we're there at Pendleton in this, and she's got to get. This is when the you get votes. People bought tickets uh -huh. for you. Of course, she had all the women Marines voting for her, and again, the guys sure. shit. And I, I told her they stuffed the ballot on you. Too. I say Trump thinks he was screwed. This is really screwed. So, so any, uh, anyhow, we're, she's getting up. She's got to give this speech. Right? Yeah. And she's got to talk about Franklin Roosevelt during World War II, you know, and the Marines yeah. and all this. And she calls it, you know, it's Franklin Delano Roosevelt, right? And she calls him Delano. And I'd practiced this speech with her. About thirty times. Well, Delano's accurate. No, it's Delano. No, it, it's not Delano. <laughs> Delano. <laughs> so anyhow, she she bought, and I start laughing because we'd worked the sun. She looks and gives me these dagger stares. You know, Carol. Oh yeah. Like, don't screw with me. So she she got all these pictures of the horse and yeah and 
and all the guys come over. And they, it was a guy from Rawhide, too. Oh, it was Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah, Clint Eastwood. He was there. And they had to uh, have gun will travel. Remember right. The, sure. Uh, Boone. Uh, yeah, Boone. He was there. Of course, this was all a PR thing, you know, for yeah. the Marine Corps. And he's all, all these guys uh, come in. And <laughs> so she she had, she had still got all those pictures of her with these guys. So anyways, she, she comes in second. You guys got married when? Got married in 62. 62? I'd be 60 years. Wow. Coming can't up on it. That? I can't believe she put up with you all these years. She didn't put up with me, man. She just uh, she just <laughs> cashed the checks. <laughs> and I've never cashed a check in my life. I have no idea how much money we got in the bank. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. She's the adult <laughs> leadership, man. Okay. So at some point you go... Um, there's another well, what military happened, unit. What, what happened? happened how, did, how do you go from there? You transition to special forces. Well, no. And what happened in '62 after mm -hmm. we got married? The Cuban crisis thing broke out. Right? Cuban missile crisis. Yeah. Yeah. When Kennedy played chicken with Gorbachev. Right. Or, Khrushchev. Khrushchev. Gorbachev was a good guy. He's the one that tore down the wall that they're trying to rebuild. Him and Ronald Reagan. Yeah. They teamed up. Yeah. So, anyways. So anyhow. Next thing I know, I'm on a goddamn cargo ship heading towards a canal <laughs> with the First Marine Division, and I was attacked. I was a I was in base, Marine Corps base. Right. But I was a commo guy, and they needed a commo guy. They need idiots to string wire, you know. And I was a sergeant. I was a, a section chief. So I'm on this guy, and me and Carol had only been married for. Two weeks or something like oh, that. No. We're living in Oceanside down yeah. by the pier. Oceanside, California. Yeah. Down, down by, by the, the pier. Down by in a, in a studio apartment with a roll away bed. <laughs> and she's still in the core. Yeah. But but she she wants out because she likes the beach better and she likes the Marine Corps. Yeah. And you know the the running <laughs> or running. You know. So anyhow, I'm on this goddamn boat heading through the canal zone. Yeah. To this and we it's typical the marine corps has always had this opinion if you need to know we'll fucking tell you you know yeah and nobody told us anything all i know is this is you enamel and i you know all this you know it's serious when you get live yeah rounds. and then you know i knew it was because the boat deal still remember when they bring the missiles in sure and uh that's when they had the u2 photographs that yeah the shop had u2 playing down yeah, yeah. So anyhow, make a long story short, was that uh, Kennedy played chicken with him and says, you know, if you don't turn these things back, he told uh, uh, the Russians or Soviet Union in those yeah. days that uh, there's going to be a cloud. You know, we still had nuclear superiority. Sure. And so we make it there, and I end up on the golf course at Gitmo Bay, no, stringing, Gitmo. Wire, stringing wire between 105 positions with this guy with telephones and shit. And this, and this is after the ships had turned around and moved back. Right, right. they chip laid chicken and they moved them back. Nana and Crescent, he, you know, they had the whole, they had the whole sixth fleet out there. There were, you know, the oh, yeah. battleships, cruisers, aircraft carriers. That was uh, a crisis. Of the moment, oh, it's a crisis of all I mean, time. Yeah, yeah. It would have Ninety been, miles away, been a nuclear war, you know. Sure, and uh, and and 
basically uh, uh, Curtis LeMay and those guys wanted the war, you know. And Bobby Kennedy talked John out of it. Says, "Let's see if they got any guts." Yeah, you know, we're fucking Boston fucking mafia. We'll see <laughs> how this works. So anyhow, they back they they turned they turned around. Well, they still had shit in there, you know. Yeah, and they had artillery, any aircraft shit, and everything else. And they basically Kennedy basically told them, "Well, we'll move the miss our missiles out of Turkey." if you move everything out of it. It was a face-saving deal. So at what point do you leave the Marine Corps, and I, then how long is it till you enter the Army, I, I, and then I, you say, I, I want to wear that funny hat? I uh, I left Marine Corps in 63. Okay. And I, I didn't join the Army. Right. I, Carol's the dad, Army joined you. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, work, work enjoyment, you know. Yeah, yeah. Honest labor, which I was not accustomed to. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was Carol's dad was a electrical contractor in, in Washington State. They lived up on the peninsula in right. a little town called Port Townsend, right on right on, uh, on the bay. And uh, so we moved, and Carol's pregnant with... Uh, Your first girl. Yeah, with Kelly. Kelly. And... Uh, of course, you couldn't in those days. If if you got married, you couldn't have kids if a wife was in the Marine Corps. Was oh, that right? Yeah, yeah. They, you know, that they did just the old saying. We didn't issue you that with your sea bag. You yeah. <laughs> heard that? <before. laughs> <laughs> the, the Marine the Marine Corps was definitely masculine oriented. I mean, when I, I went to Okinawa in the Third Mar Div. Yeah. You know, the Air Force and the Army all got there. I I went back there, you know, in the, sure. in the first group, and Carol was there. My kids went to school there. Yeah. And uh, But the Marines, even the commanding general, couldn't have his wife there. Because okay. we're deployable. We can't, you know, we can't be worrying about the And pack. even back in those days, when you deployed, your wife had to leave base. Oh, they made, they made Carol move off base. Yeah. 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 She. We. Yeah. We were out looking for. Yeah. The, in those days, it it was like. Um, yeah, you got a wife and family, but we didn't issue a wife and family. That's your right. problem. I mean, it was. It was really tough. Yeah. Not come. It was like when we, I went to the seventh group when I got the DSC. Right. Right. Uh, the command sergeant major there and me take you know they took all of us guys to the seventh group of course that's like disneyland i never seen anything oh, we were yeah. living in world war ii huts sure buildings in bragg and they got climbed they had a gym they were climbing wall and, and track all kinds of weights weights oh, yeah. and a, that's a modern day special yeah, forces they had, you know all these guys looked like they were on steroids and out of gold's <laughs> gym in there you know like you with tattoos all over them and shit yeah. i could now me and Tommy shook and the so. Guy, anyways, you're you're wandering on me. So what we like to do is, uh, when did you join the army? Well, what happened was I went to work for her dad. Right. And it was apprenticeship of dig, digging ditches. Ooh. For what? For conduit. Sure. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I says, uh, even a Marine Corps looks better than this crap. So Carol's ready to drop a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I said, God, I need medical insurance or something. What's going to happen? So I. This is the, the. I went down to Bremerton, Washington, where they used to have the Missouri battleship used to be right, there uh -huh. before they moved it to Hawaii. Right. So I went to Bremerton. It was the closest thing for a recruiting station. I talked Carol and I said, "I'll go join the Air Force." 
well, we'll have a good life in here. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, you got good food. <laughs> yeah, not only that, I've been to hell. I've been in the Marine Corps for seven years. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just, just, I could stand on my head and stack babies. So they had one of these, like they do now, they have all the services in one area, in one building, right? Uh, so I walk in there, and the Air Force guy, his belt's hanging out down to his kneecap, you know, kind of guy. <laughs> and me coming out of the Marine Corps, I'm, I'm one judgmental motherfucker. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at this guy, and he says, uh, can I help you? And I says, uh, wait a second. Carol was out in the car waiting on me. And we had a Volkswagen bug, you know. Of course, yeah. yeah. Bought it in Oceanside. Yeah. For $1,600 new. They had you... For the, for the spare gas tank, it was a knob. You, yeah, if you had, had an extra a, gallon. Yeah, because you, know, you didn't have a gas gauge. No gas gauge, no. If you ran out of gas, you knew you had one gallon you, left. One gallon left. Labor, you yeah. saw you kicked it over. <laughs> so anyhow, she said not in the car waiting for me. Now I walked in. I said, yeah, I can't do this, girl. I says, she said, well, you're not going damn Marines, you know. But She spent three years in Marines. She, she knew. She knew. So I says, well, let me see. I said, I can't join the Navy. I said, that's the last damn place I can be a Marine. <laughs> I can't join the Navy. I can't hold my head up. I'd be afraid I'd run into a Marine, I know. Yeah. So I, I walked back in there, and the recruiter for the, <clears throat> for the Army was a former paratrooper. Really? Yeah, and he had a 187 patch. Ooh, He'd yeah. been in Korea. Right. With the one, he was Sergeant First Class. And he was outside smoking a cigarette when I walked by. And he looked at me and he says, you're prior service. <laughs> and I says, yeah, you're a Marine. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, of course I had a short haircut. Yeah, yeah. And all this stuff. I did. You were squared away. Yeah, he looked at me and, you know, and my shirt was tucked in. And, you know, I said, well, it must be a Marine. So he, he looked at me and I says, yeah, he says, are you looking for a career? <laughs> really? I says, I've been through that seven years in the Corps. He says, that all counts. He said, well, we'll, for, we'll forgive you. He says, how would you like to join the Army? And I figured, well, hell, I can find a racket in the Army, man. It's a big place. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so he gets in there and he says, you ever think about jump school? Well, I said, well, I thought about it when I was single a long time ago. And he says, you ever think about being in an airborne unit? He says, it's just like the Marine Corps, but they don't talk like swabbies. <laughs> and I says, and I says hmm. yeah, I, of course, I'm not running this by Carol, right? Yeah, no. So I, he gets in there, and he's got the brochures and stuff, and he says, I said, well, I'd been on Okinawa when the first group was there. Yeah. And it was kind of like, don't talk to those guys, you know. In the Marine Corps, it's like, you know. Sure. The Marine Corps is losing enough people. They don't want to transition. Yeah. And they had the, 18, uh, the 173rd was on Oki. Uh, sure. On Oki then. Yeah. Before they moved them to Italy. Right. So there were airborne troopers out there. And God, I always liked those jump boots, man. They really look good. Yeah. And, uh. So I, I walked back in there and I said, "What? What can I sign? Can I have in the sign?" He said, "You." He said, "I can get you anything you want, but comfort." 
Then <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. I said, well, I'm used to that. that yeah. Paul, Paul Ryder, he says, uh, how would you like to go to jump school? I said, yeah. He said, I can get you jump school and ranger school. And ranger school, they have ranger battalions. Sure. And it was, it was just a school assignment deal. Yeah. And I says, uh, can I get in special forces? And he says, now nah, you got to take all these tests and all this crap. He says, you can go in the 101st or 82nd Airborne Division if you make it on a jump And what school. year is this? 63. Okay, yeah. So I says, well, I said, I'll make it. I'm a fucking former Marine, man. I can walk on water. So he, uh, they signed me up for jump school. Yeah, yeah. And the old rag. And he says, okay, you got to be here tomorrow to be sworn in. And I said, where do I go? Do I go to Benning? He said, no, you got to go to Fort Ord for a clothing issue. Get, got to get, got to get that that Marine Corps shit yeah. off you, you know. Yeah. And uh, and um, get you in uniform. I says, I said, well, how's this work? Do I have to go to basic training? And he says, no, you've been through hell. You were in Marine Corps boot camp. You don't have to do that. Well, no kidding. Yeah. Oh yeah, I went yeah. in as a corporal. I lost one rank. Right. So anyhow, I went. I went. To, I went out. Told Carol. I says, "I uh, come in to be sworn." Well, she thought I was going in the Air Force, <laughs> and she says, "Where are they going to station?" She, she she's been on Air Force posts, but you sure. know, see how well they live. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> these, these, surprise, these surprise. Guys, yeah, these guys have never seen her sea ration can in their lives. You know. Yeah. You know, uh, let alone a lerp. So. <laughs> <laughs> this shit. So I walked in. And I says, uh, "That that wasn't going to work for me, Carol." She says, "You didn't go back in the damn ring." <laughs> and I, I see they were going to send me to Okinawa. And for, yeah, I, I, that's the reason I got out because she was ready to have a kid. And I, sure, and you know, Marine like you know, Marine Corps no wasn't in your sea bag. We don't give a shit. But yeah, if you're an officer, we might care. So you enlisted. So I got. I, I broke the news to her that I was going to the oh army. Oh my God! But I didn't tell her I was going to jump school. <laughs> so anyhow, I went. I went back to Port Towns, and we were living in a little apartment. Had a ringer wash machine and shit. And she's getting ready to drop the kid any day. And I says, I got to go down to the school. And she said, What do you got? I said, They got monkey bars and stuff down there. I want to see. She said, well, what do you need to do that for? And I says, well, I got to pass this test. <laughs> she said, what test? I said, Ooh. for airborne school. She said, paratrooper? <laughs> she said, I knew I shouldn't let you go in there by yourself. <laughs> so I go to, I drive down, I take the Volkswagen, and I drive the Ord. And that was a culture shock to me. You yeah, know, yeah. I had never been on the Army Pulse night. These guys walking around overweight, some of them. And it, you know, Ord was a sure. replacement place. It wasn't real army. You know? Right. It was all a bunch of, and it was basic training still there. They sure. had basic training there. Then, uh, so I could, they put me in the transit billets, and this guy who was in charge of transit billets, the Marine Corps would have shot him. He was so, he looked so obese. So out of shape, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how he, you know, of course, Army in those days, PT tests were only for infantry people. And right. All, the, all these, he was a spec five on top of sure. that. I didn't know what a fucking spec five was, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I'm in there and 
and all these recruits had just graduated, and half of them were going to OCS. Really? They, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, of course, they, you know, the army. Yeah, that was. The OCS was kind of sure. cannon fodder deal with these kids and yeah. stuff. And, and so, Vietnam wasn't really highly no, wasn't visible a, at that no, time. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah. It, they didn't have any. They just had special forces in the Bison right. Corps, MACB. You know, the Marine Corps had people over uh, as advisors to the uh, Vietnamese Marines. And right. Navy had their shit. So I, I go there, and, and I, I get there to have one of these epidemics of, um, God, that airborne kind of flu where they shut everything down. Oh yeah. And every, they opened all the. And you ever been to Ord? It's right on the bay. Right. Uh, that's where the Frenchman went through. And he yeah. had the same thing. They had to open up all the windows at night. hell. I thought I was in Siberia, man. Yeah. I was used to Southern California. You know? yeah. And that breeze that come off the, the bay out there, man. Yeah. That's where they used to have baseball games there at Candlestick Park. And the guys sure. would be wearing long johns and everything else. So anyhow, I get through that shit. Yeah. So I got I go back to there because i had to be at jump school right and so i had to leave carol the car she didn't have anything and i was just going sure catch a plane i get back the day i got back there she drops trace kelly Ooh. and luckily i had insurance it cost me five dollars for it. so two days later i i caught i caught a greyhound bus couldn't afford to go on a plane right 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 caught the greyhound bus and i traveled all the way across the country and Went to jump school, and wow. got out of jump school, and they um, went to Pathfinder school. So, um, at this point in time, we've gone way past two hours, and what I'd like to do is we have to come back and do a second uh, interview with you. And so, um, at this point in time, if you don't mind, there, Sergeant, um, I'd like to uh, close out here. But when we return and start this next uh, sodcast, I'd like to start at August twenty third. 1968, do a little background as to what that day was, and then take off from there and, and follow up with your career subsequent to that, and if you don't mind. And it's at this point, uh, we'd like to thank um, all the members of the military today who are serving our country, the Border Patrol, our first responders, and all of the law enforcement. And, of course, today we're February 27th, and the Ukraine is alive in the news, and we pray for all the uh, people there and our military on standby, and uh, we're a nation that's watching another war unfold. At this point in time, we also want to thank the men and women who have served in years past, heroes like Pat Watkins, men that I've had the pleasure of serving with and to whom I turn to for infinite wisdom during my days at FOB1. We also want to remember and salute the men and women who have not been able to return to this day. And at this date, we have 1,583 Americans that are still listed as MIA from the Vietnam War in Southeast Asia. And of course, when we close, we want to thank Jocko Willink for making this possible. We appreciate his support, his team, Echo Charles. And now the team's been joined by Kerry Helton. And we thank him for coming aboard to help us all here to bring Sogcast Productions to you. Again, through Jocko Willink Productions and Sog Chronicles. Thank you for today. God bless America. 
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.